0: Hello, and welcome to Execute Chapter 66, a Star Wars fiction podcast where we discuss canon, legends, and beyond. And today we are going far, far beyond, because instead of bringing you lost stars, as we originally intended, we decided that The Mandalorian Season 2 needed to be discussed much, much more. My name is Beth Van Dusen. As always, Chad Schonk and Ryan Schweck are here, but we also have another first. We have guests. So we also have Noel Wood.
1: Hey, how you doing?
0: And we have Pete Reddington. Howdy. And we have Gary Mitchell.
2: Live long and mess people up with the force. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but before we get into eating all the tiny baby eggs, we're going to turn it over to Chad. Chad.
3: This would normally be the time where I would give you a spoiler warning about how you should read the book before you get here. So the same thing applies. We're going to spoil every damn second of Mandalorian season two. So if you haven't seen the show, you know, and you intend to uh, don't listen. Also, in the course of our discussion as a bunch of nerds, we could spoil anything else. Star Wars, that's just going to happen. So if you're sensitive to those things, I guess you're in the wrong place. Uh, so that's been your spoiler warning. Ryan, the last couple episodes, the news has been kind of light. I'm only going to assume that's, that's what's happening now.
4: Oh, yeah. Well, except Disney decided to sell some more subscriptions and had themselves a little investor day activity, which was essentially all of San Diego Comic-Con squeezed into a two-hour block that they put on YouTube. So since this is kind of a different episode, we're going to go through the news and then we're going to have a little discussion as our mini topic. Before we get to Investor Day, we are just a week out from the High Republic starting. I am super excited about High Republic. Light of the Jedi will come out on January 5th, and this will be the first time in Disney canon we move away from the Skywalker saga. We will, of course, be covering Light of the Jedi, hopefully not too long after it goes out, so I would definitely recommend pick it up. Um, And then just in our normal check-in on toys, today the Darksaber was finally announced. It has been a... Not very well-kept secret that this thing was coming. It's a Black Series, really nice replica of the Darksaber. Comes with a good hilt that you can remove from the blade, light, sound, all of it. And it also comes with a $250 price tag. But I
0: want it so bad. Yeah.
3: I I cannot justify buying it, and yet I did.
4: Terry
0: just bought me an Xbox for Christmas, but I kind of want it more.
4: (laughs) And then, of course, we do have the advantage of this episode coming out so soon after we record it that I also suggest if you are behind on your Black Series figures or just want to get into it, all Walmarts in the country have marked them down to $11 each. So that's nice and half off. Um, Don't believe the tags on the stores. They're all ringing up at 11. All right. So on to our investor day, whatever they wanted to call this. I don't know. You know, they... I don't know if Disney needs to have investor calls like some stockbroker was going to watch this and be like, you know what? That Disney seems like a sound investment. (laughs) Um, They they sure (laughs) could use my startup capital. (laughs) Right. Look at this scrappy young company. I'm going to buy some of these stocks. So the way we're kind of going to do this, I'm going to go through all the announcements and then we'll go around and just talk about what we're the most excited about. These are kind of in an order, but not really. So first was Star Wars Visions, which will be coming in 2021, which they have gotten some of the famous Japanese anime artists to kind of do a spin on Star Wars. Probably the least one I'm excited about, but, you know, this stuff has a market. Uh, The uh, manga of Star Wars is really popular. Uh, The next was the Bad Batch. So we have our follow up from the Clone Wars. There was no release date on this yet. We got a really cool trailer. We got to see Echo is going to be in it in a kind of Bad Batch outfit. We're going to get the origin, I guess, of Fennec from The Mandalorian. And it looked like version one Dark Troopers. So that one looks really great. The next thing we got was a sizzle reel for Andor. They kind of just showed some background stuff and what they're going to set up. I think the logo looks amazing, and Andor is currently the longest Disney series. It's going to come in at 12 episodes, whereas Mandalorian has had eight, and Obi-Wan's going to be around six. So our next was the kind of, I mean, I don't know if they're going to call this like a, I mean, it's almost like a Marvel idea of all these different seasons are going to come together for a shared event, kind of like Netflix did with the Defenders. So they first announced that Mandalorian Season 3 is not going to come out until Christmas 2021. So it's going to start a little bit later. The thought is that Book of Boba Fett, which was announced at the end of this season, is going to come out before it, that it'll be a shorter season, and then that'll go right into Mandalorian. The next one in that kind of family is the Rangers of the New Republic. Didn't say a lot about this one. Um, People assume it is the Cara Dune series that has been rumored for a while. I kind of wonder if her recent tweets and social media stuff that we have talked about on the show had something to do with them not pushing and saying what it was about. Uh, But we'll find out later. And then the last one in that kind of shared universe is going to be Ahsoka. They didn't say a lot about it. I think the biggest surprise with the Ahsoka announcement is the logo. That logo sure does look like the world between worlds. And the rumor is very heavy that it is going to involve it and that there will be time travel. You know, we've talked about and there have been rumors that they are going to use the Ahsoka show to undo the sequel trilogy. And that that's currently a fight within Lucasfilm between Kennedy and Favreau and them. But we'll see. Like we have said before, I don't think they have the guts to do it. The next is Lando. They said almost nothing about Lando other than it's by Justin Simeon who did Dear White People. The rumors are heavy and the people that have known have said it's going to have probably Billy D and Glover. And I was kind of surprised it was Lando and not the Calorzine Chronicles like it should have been. But, uh-huh. you know, that who knows? That could change. Lord knows we've known about the Obi-Wan show for however long and that's changed several times. So, speaking of the Obi-Wan show, it is officially called Obi-Wan Kenobi instead of Kenobi. And we got confirmation that Hayden Christensen is back as Vader. Uh, it'll take t- place 10 years after Revenge of the Sith. Uh, Deborah Chowell had it, and we do know that Vader and Obi-Wan are going to have a fight, which I'm sure we'll talk about in the discussion, but I am not a fan. And then our last show is The Acolyte, which is Headland show. We know that it is a female lead show. It's a mystery thriller set in the final days of the High Republic and apparently has something about the rise of the dark side. You know, there's conversation whether it could be about Revan or if it could actually be the um, return kind of the Sith and starting the... Uh, oh my God, my mind went blank there. You know... Plagueis, Dark. the book we talk about all the time. Dark Darth favorite book. <laughs> yeah, sorry. You know, I would leave that in there, though, because this is what happens. <laughs> no, that it may be Darth Plagueis that's in it somehow, but we'll see. And then the final announcement is that Rogue Squadron will be a movie by Patty Jenkins. We don't know much about it when it is, you know, what time frame it takes place in but that it is in production. And then also they teased Tiki Watiti's movie, didn't really say much about it, had a logo that looked kind of of stone. And if you watch the announcement with Kennedy, behind her, there was a planet and a ship that looked very, very, very reminiscent of the Dawn of the Jedi book, which is, if you haven't read it, the Tython, it takes place mostly on Tython and about the Jedi. And yeah, I'm kind of hoping that's it, you know, early Jedi stuff. So those are all the announcements. So we'll kind of go around now and discuss. So let's start with
1: Noel. What got you the most excited out of Investor Uh Got to be the Bad Batch. Uh, I loved them in Season 7 of Clone Wars. And even though they're kind of generic stock characters, they, they had such great chemistry. And I was like, I'd like to see more of them. And I got my wish. So really happy about seeing Bad Batch.
4: Yeah, I'm excited just because we don't have a lot of that immediate post-Order 66 stuff. There's been a little bit in the Darth Vader comic, but there's not known a lot known about that early Empire time.
0: Did Did anybody ever figure out for sure whether or not they had their chips removed? Uh, I know we were talking about it back and I forth a little bit. I thought they
1: established that in the show, but it's been a while since so I watched it.
0: I thought they had to, but there was a little back and forth.
4: Yeah, and I'm assuming Echo got his like ripped out when they turned him into a GPS or whatever was going on with him. <laughs> Battery. Right.
0: battle
3: computer.
4: <laughs> Beth, what do you got? What are you most excited about?
3: Come on, we know. We know. Okay. We know. It, we know.
0: It was Kenobi until the Anakin thing. And then when we were talking the other night about the Ahsoka logo looking like the world between worlds, and I'm kind of kind of more excited about seeing Ahsoka as basically like a time lord now.
4: I think if they use the world between worlds... It makes sense with the end of Rebels that all of a sudden she's a wizard or whatever was happening there with Ahsoka her, the White. Yeah, with her staff, um, with the ring on the end of the staff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, Pete, what do you got? Uh, Andor, I'm I'm
5: psyched for Andor. I thought he was a cool character, and uh, I really want to see more about him. You know how he got the way he got, basically. You know, killing kill him for the rebellion. You know, without a beat. I I think it looks really exciting.
2: Gary? Yeah, before this last episode of The Mandalorian, I would have also said Kenobi, but now it's the Book of Fett. I I am looking forward to seeing Crime Lord Fett and his... sharpshooter right hand basically becoming the new black sun
4: i'm really hoping that it just continues the return of the jedi trajectory where he's just inept and <laughs> <laughs> i right.
2: sorry sir we're gonna to get to that but he, he is not yeah a, he is I, got not uh, I got it i got it i i have words but i'm gonna wait till we get to that episode
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah oh that leaves us to chad
3: I thought I would have said Ahsoka, or I thought I would have said Fett, because I really want to see him being raised by the Tuckins and learn how to wield a gaffy stick like a monster. But I'm actually going to say The Acolyte, because I am a sucker for new eras, and I'm very excited to see a Star Wars show in a new era. And I'm excited about High Republic, and this is going to be a High Republic show. Mm -hmm. And that makes me super stoked. Anything? I am
0: so surprised that you
3: didn't pick Ahsoka Beth, it really is, but someone else picked Ahsoka, so I'm trying to, oh, you know, okay. I'm trying to vary so, it up. I'm right? sorry, <laughs> and I am, but the thing is, I mean, you know, my my dream Star Wars show is like a Tales of the Jedi show or a of the Old Republic show. So this is the closest thing we're going to get by a, a completely different era. So I am very excited about that. But of course, Ahsoka, and of course, Fett, and of course, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for most of them. So I, the, the 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 Hayden Christensen thing is weird. I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt until I see it, but it's weird.
0: I hate yeah. I'm I still excited for Kenobi, but I'm with you uh, the Hayden Christensen thing threw
3: me off.
4: Now, I will say, if you would have told me 10 years ago, if I wanted to see Obi-Wan versus Darth Maul again, I probably would have said no, too.
3: And it was beautiful. True. And
4: then it was amazing. I think at all, I'm, I'm most excited about Rogue Squadron.
3: Well, yeah, and because
4: yeah. mainly like I was thinking about it. We know nothing about Rogue Squadron in Disney canon. All we have at this point is we know they form after the Death Star because you see them in the comics a little bit. And then after Hoth, they break up and go back to Red Squadron. And then and this is where I hope they're going. After Return of the Jedi, they reform as Rogue Squadron under Hera.
6: Mm-hmm. If Ooh. this
4: is how we get live-action Hera and long-lost Jason Sindola, <laughs> yeah, it's finally time. That could just be the joke the whole time during
2: Rogue Squadron. Where-
3: he'll, be like, he'll be like Vera on Cheers. they will always be mentioning Jason,
2: but he'll never actually be in the scene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that teaser just blew me away.
3: I'm tempered a little bit, only because the word on Wonder Woman 1984 is not super great. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's very mixed, so... Who knows? But uh, yeah, so those are things to look forward to. But the second season of The Mandalorian just ended three days ago. So it's all very fresh. It's even fresher for some of us. Like I said, I watched the entire thing again today. So we're going to start at the beginning, uh, which is the best place to start. And it's also the best place to start because we're going to start with chapter nine, The Marshal, which is my favorite episode of the entire series thus so far. Mine so, too. And it's not just because of sexy, sexy, sexy Timothy Oliphant. <laughs> but it doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt. The, the world's greatest greatest Marshal, no matter what genre or galaxy you want to be in.
0: You know, yeah. it's it's not necessarily about the sexiness of Timothy Oliphant because he hit his height for me at Go. And I haven't yeah. seen a single episode of Justified or, or any of the other things where oh. he's played a Marshal. But this to me is, this is the perfect episode. There is nothing in here Where I wanted them to hurry up and get to something good, because every bit of it is good. Even having to deal with Amy Sedaris again.
2: I liked her on this one. She spoke for every person in Star Wars fandom. Oh, it's you again! I'm so glad you're okay! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There
0: there are many other characters that I wanted back less than her in this season, don't get me wrong. We'll
3: talk about Horatio Sands later.
0: And we'll get to the other one that did pleasantly surprise me later. The entire episode is so well executed and it's tense and you don't know what's going to happen exactly, but they get together with the Tuscans in a way that makes sense in the lore.
3: It's a lot like the Kenobi novel.
0: Yeah. And yeah, that's maybe why it made sense to me so much. I, d- I still don't know that I know what value the... uh the pearl is
2: it's just a big pearl it's, a giant it's pearl. rare, it's rare. Yeah. Yeah. considering how hard it is to get that's pretty much
0: and and i still have some doubts about how i feel about the uh tuscan or not tuscan the uh mandalorian armor and its cloth joints holding up in the acid of
3: of a great dragon but we will we will we will discuss the fact that beskar <laughs> is a big fat cheat <laughs> oh yeah that will come Clot, up.
0: cloth armor <laughs>
3: Um, yes, Thank it's you. very very strong. Uh, to me, I love this episode mostly because it's Tatooine porn. Tatooine is a very important, obviously a very important planet. It's actually the kind of the center of the, the Skywalker saga. Is this planet, and so getting to know the different Moses and uh, the Dune Sea, and, and it just I don't I, I don't I I'm a big fan of Tatooine, and this was a very Tatooine heavy, canon heavy, detail heavy episode, and then. He kills a damn crate Dragon, mm-hmm. um, which I normally am against. I'm normally against characters cre- c- killing crate Dragons because they're supposed to be these huge, gigantic monsters that are like behemoths that are unstoppable. But this was so cool. I didn't care.
2: And it's also a perfect Western. It's a perfect space Western. You have, you have the marshal. You have the town folk dealing with the. You know, the the people living out in the wilds and having, you know, to come together and overcome their prejudices for this combined threat. I mean, it's just fantastic on that level as well for me. So
4: this episode did bring up a concern I had that carried out through much of the season. Are Mandalorian rockets readily available? Like can you just go pick (laughs) those up? (laughs) (laughs) Because it used to be this big thing, like, oh, he's gonna shoot the rocket. Now we're just shooting rockets left and right, like Hobbants like well, he, they're leaving. Hold on. Bends down and fires.
5: Everybody's got a. And where do they come from? It, 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 it just there was another one there.
2: <laughs> that seems like a specialized product.
1: When he stopped off at the paint store, he got a reload. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with my transformers knowledge and say subspace.
3: Subspace. <laughs> yeah. The world between worlds. Or 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 there's just like a generic one size fits all rocket.
0: That. They just have a ton of.
4: The watch is full of it anyway, because, like, when he gave him his jetpack in the last season, they're like, You're ready for the Phoenix, right? or whatever it was. And here you've got Cobb Vance, like, Yeah, I found this thing, and he's flying all around.
3: well we find out that the watch we'll find out later the watch is kind of full of a lot of crap <laughs> that is true <laughs> so this was the season the premiere so noel were you, were you stoked going into the season and was this did this live up to it for a premiere for you
1: absolutely uh i was i was stoked going into it it lived up to my expectations i was actually when i when i saw the fet armor and it wasn't fed i was so happy and that'll get into my <laughs> point at the very end of the episode when i wasn't so happy but you know i i i, I kind of have a, a thing with people staying dead once they're dead. Uh, and and now I'm officially making that panic. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I know. And I, I'm sure there'll be <laughs> a lot of different different opinions on that. Um, I, I love the fact that there was a, this was a tremors episode for me because <laughs> I watched tremors. Oh my not, God, you're right. Yeah, not too long before that. And I was like, oh yes, we're getting tremors, but in star Wars this time, even,
3: even so far as the whole, like they can hear the vibrations underground and everything. Yep. Like, yeah. Yep. Um,
1: they are they are essentially just. Great dragons are gigantic graboids at this point,
2: which I'm okay with. Acid vomiting <laughs> graboids. Yeah,
1: yeah, that was one of the scenes that made me go. Hua!
0: Now, now Tremors is going to seem like a letdown. <laughs> I don't know if I can watch it again.
1: Well, just don't watch any of the sequels, and you're fine.
0: It's it's too late. I've already seen a couple with Jamie Kennedy, or Jamie Fox. Sorry. What no. Jamie Kennedy. Which, that can't be whichever right. It can't be one, Jamie
1: Foxx. He has got an
3: Oscar. There's no <laughs> Jamie way. Jamie
0: Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what it is? In one podcast, I accidentally said Jamie Foxx and then I had to mess it up and change it back to Jamie Kennedy. So, yeah, I just reverse messed them up this time. How about you, Pete? Well, I'm a
5: huge fan of both Justified and Deadwood. Like, I, I loved both of those. Yeah, shows. Me too. So, getting yeah. Olaf out as the Marshall. And W. Earl Brown as the bartender yeah, yeah. was just, that was icing on the cake for me. That was, I was like, Dan, bust out the peaches. And it was awesome. And it not being fed that's, that's a big thing for me. He walked in with the armor. I was like, ah, and then it wasn't fat and it made my day.
3: I thought it was a great episode. Great way to start the season. You know, for people who haven't read the books, uh, Cobb Vanth, the character is actually from the aftermath novels so he's a pre-established character we already knew this character existed um so it was super cool that they hired someone like oliphant to come in for what looks like maybe a one shot who knows the the reaction to him was so nice that maybe we'll see him again
2: yeah i was hoping he'd show up in the we have to get the gang back together
3: yeah
1: yeah
2: yeah. i kind of expected that to happen
4: i'm expecting to see him in rangers of the republic
0: i'm glad Mm. they went the other way though i'm glad they didn't get the characters we expected together together Mm
3: this is by far not by far but it's my favorite complete episode of the season like i said the immersion in tatooine the the yes the battle with the crate is amazing the the depiction of the crate is amazing it is huge and terrifying and the the new i the new idea for the crate in this about the being this kind of underground burrowing dweller i love the bit where he said it's in an empty
6: it lives in an abandoned sarlacc pit i've lived on tatooine my whole life there's no such thing as an abandoned Sarlacc pit. There is if you eat the Sarlacc.
1: Well, and that made me think of it, too. Fairby's wondering how Fett might have escaped the Sarlacc. Uh, well, if a crate Dragon can take down a Sarlacc, and if Mando can escape a crate Dragon, then I guess the Sarlacc seems like nothing at this point. By the transitive property of Mandalorian <laughs> armor.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so is the cloth reinforced with Beskar... Uh, I'm I, sorry, I can't uh, let it go.
3: Gotta let it go. <laughs> gotta let it go. We're in Star. We're in Star Wars, Beth. We're in Star Wars. Yeah. Get your head in the game. All right, letting it go. Uh, a great episode that leads us into it. now. One thing I, I would like to point out, though, is that this does begin the series of fetch quests that is season two. Yep. Mm-hmm. Season two. One of my major beefs with it, and we're going to go on, is structured like a video game. A hundred percent. And. There are things that are cool about that, and there are things that are not too cool about that. I actually think it takes away a lot of Jin's agency in the entire series. But we'll 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 get to that when we kind of get to the end. Um so chapter 10, we come to chapter 10, The Passenger, where the Mando must ferry a passenger with precious cargo on a risky journey. This episode, of course, is otherwise known as the episode where everyone thought baby Yoda was a monster.
2: Yes.
0: Yeah. Do you eat eggs? I mean Yeah. Am I a monster for eating chicken eggs? Well,
2: I think a lot of people misheard because they, they when she's when it's laid out that this is the end of her family line. It's like that was like, oh my god, he's committed genocide. No, no, it's just her eggs. These she's she's hit frog menopause. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Frogopause. Frogopause.
2: Yes.
3: (laughs) Carnivorous beings have been eating the eggs of other species since the dawn of time.
4: They look like pickled eggs. I mean, have y'all seen the ladies' man?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes
4: i have
2: well and i think they also suckered us because when when grogu goes up to the can- canister it looks like he's doing the oh i'm gonna commune with it oh and then nope i'm just hungry
3: i mean we,
1: we've <laughs> yeah. seen them eat gross stuff before like i mean oh yeah you know, get a frog gets them in some trouble in this episode too
4: i will say we do get Carson Teva and Trapper Wolf Space Jerks
1: (laughs) Oh I love
4: love the Space Cop Rebels X-Wing Cops are
5: I have such a problem
3: with the X-Wing Cops Such a problem
4: We ran the tabs on the Razor Crest You have an arrest warrant For the abduction of Prisoner X-6911 However Onboard security records show that You apprehended three priority culprits From the Wanted Register Security records also show that you put your own life in harm's way to try to protect that of Lieutenant Davin from the New Republic Correctional Corps.
1: Is this true? Am I under arrest? Technically, you should be. But these are trying times.
2: I love... I just love the... uh, Switch to Channel (laughs) 2. Like, oh, it's coming. Then the X-foils lock, and you're like, oh, here it comes. (laughs)
0: When the cop says switch the channel, you know, he's about to shoot at you. That's that's immediately when you
2: take off. I was fully expecting, you know, the Gungan version of bad boys to start up.
3: (laughs) (laughs) This whole idea of these, yeah these new Republic X-Wing cops is weird to me. It's very weird. And Mm -hmm. we'll get to it later as well, where there's one of them shows up again, I think. Right.
4: Yeah, it's yeah
3: and it's very, yeah. and it's very like, he's very, he might as well be swinging a baton and like working for Boss Tweed. Like, it's very, <laughs> it's such a beat cop. Move along now, nothing to see here. Ryan, this was the episode where we thought maybe they were going to Ilum because of the Snow Planet, but it turned out it wasn't.
4: Yeah, and I'm kind of glad they stayed away from Ilum. I mean, that's what it looked like from the um, commercials and all that stuff. Um, now, we did get, and I think this is really one where you see, I feel like Filoni had a lot more power this season. Mm-hmm. Because you see a lot of things from Clone Wars, from Rebels. You know, in this one, you get the spiders that he had already put in Rebels. Now, those are from Mokiri's work way back when. I kind of wonder if that also goes with that kind of disjointed fetch quest like we just talked about. Because Clone Wars was kind of like that a lot.
3: Well, this is also the beginning of a a theme for this season, which is uh, the Razor Crest getting the crap kicked out of it.
1: Yes. I thought it was done by the end of this episode.
0: Season one was Din and getting the crap kicked out of him every other episode or every single episode. Now they got to kick the crap out of his (laughs) ship. They
3: have to. His ship or or Grogu. Those are the only two targets they have left because he's invulnerable, apparently. Yeah, I, I don't know. This episode didn't seem to advance the story a whole lot.
4: You did get a creepy, sexy scene with a frog lady in a hot tub, though.
3: That's <laughs> true.
2: Yeah,
1: you interpreted that as sexy.
2: We're not here to kink shame.
1: You're you're <laughs> correct. I, I apologize. I apologize. So there's a couple of episodes in this in this season. This being one of them that you could potentially just like leave out. And there's really not any like you could follow the story from episode one to three of this season.
3: There is a couple of filler episodes, and there were in the first season too. I, I and I don't mind that if they're good. You know, I don't mind a good standalone if it's if it's entertaining and interesting. And this one was fun. This one created a lot of memes, I think, with the fish lady.
0: There were good parts of this episode. Overall, Mm -hmm. not the greatest episode. I was
3: a fan of the uh, when uh, Amy Sedaris is playing Sabak, She uh, she puts on an Idiot's Array, which is which -hmm. has been around since the original Brian Daly Han solo
1: novels.
0: Yeah, but I didn't like that she was sitting in that same booth.
3: And...
4: It's fine. Eh.
1: With Dr. Mandible.
3: He's <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dr. Mandible and <laughs> But chapter 11, The Heiress. Mando braves high seas and meets unexpected allies. So in this episode we get to we get our first um it's a big guest. Well, I know Tim Oliphant's our big guest star, first big guest star, but um, okay. we get one character yeah. we were very much waiting for, which is let's get this out of the way, Katie Sackhoff is 20 years too young to be playing this part mm. at this point. I do not care.
0: It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's space.
3: They did such an amazing job look, making her look like Pocahontas.
0: Helmets keep you looking young. I'm fine.
2: Yeah, it keeps the UV off.
3: <laughs> it's, the, it's the it's the opposite of Obi-Wan.
0: I've already said a lot about this, so uh, I'm going to let some others weigh in.
3: Did, do you, now, I, I guess my question is, uh, Gary, Nolan, Pete, I know, do you guys watch Rebels and Clone Wars?
2: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Okay, Absolutely. so you
3: knew who Bo-Katan was going into this. Okay, yeah. okay,
2: Yes. I was just thrown off because that first teaser we got where we saw, um, I forget the character name, but Sasha Banks. I was like, is that going to be a Jedi? Because she's wearing the robe and the hood.
3: Right. Yeah. I'm on record I'm not a big fan of the helmet thing. I'm not a big fan of him not taking off his helmet only because I felt like in the first season, it really disconnected me, especially since I knew what he looked like. Because the last time I saw him, he was getting his face squished on Game of Thrones. And so (laughs) and I also thought the one time they revealed his face in the first season was not worth it. This season, they turned me around a little bit on the mask thing because the two times he does take his mask off, I think are very important this season. The depiction of the Mandos in the first season the Mandalorian culture is nothing like anything we've seen before. It's not the Mandalore from Clone Wars. It's not the Mandalore from Rebels. And so I'm glad this episode finally told us that, oh, he was part of a cult. (laughs) He
0: was was raised
3: by crazies.
0: Question question four, the two people I don't talk to every Friday night after a new episode comes out, being Noel, Gary, and Pete, is the the Watch, an offshoot of Death Watch. What do you guys think? Hmm. Mm.
5: I don't know yet. I, I don't... We're, we're finding out new things about the Mandalorians every episode, every new week. We're finding something else out. So who knows?
1: I can see. I can, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I just it, it hadn't crossed my mind, but it's uh, definitely an interesting point to ponder.
3: Well, they called, he, they said that he was a member of the Children of the Watch. That's what they're called and that they're trying to go back to the fundamentalist ways of Mandalore Mandalore and the Death Watch, of course, was trying to go back to the fundamentalist warlike ways of Mandalore, right? In response to Satine's, you know, attempt to make things peaceful. So I would say they probably are like religious zealots bred from the Death Watch
2: to to quote John Cleese splitters. (laughs) (laughs) They're mountain folk. (laughs)
3: <laughs> but but it, it did help me a lot in accepting their version of a Mandalorian um, as far as Jin goes, because it's just not it's not it's not even like what the show hasn't shown is what Filoni has spent the last couple of years building. I mean, he's the primary architect of Mandalore is Dave, Dave Filoni mm-hmm. is. And this was not at all what he had showed us <laughs> that Mandalorians were like.
2: And I wonder how much of that is between the contrast between his vision of Star Wars and the Mandalorians versus Filoni's. And this is how he was able to get his version in by going to, to Favreau and going, OK, so my guy, he's an offshoot.
3: It could be. I mean, you know, it, it could be a way to to in a way work backwards. You, you want this type of character. And so you work backwards and figure out how you get this type of character.
4: I think it raises some weird points, though, when especially he's like, oh, we can't go to Mandalore. That place is destroyed. And she's like, no, nah, it's fine. Like, you could totally <laughs> go there. Like, he's traveled around. Like, this never came up before that his homeworld is not completely destroyed? Well,
3: I mean, look at look at. I mean, I it was different. But remember in Thrawn, no one knows that the that the in the latest Thrawn novel, no one knows that the Chiss home planet has actually been completely destroyed right? That it's they they keep the illusion. So uh, to me, it felt kind of a parallel to that. Or he's just been lied to his whole life by this cult, right? I
5: think it's both. They're living in the sewers, you know, and they like it that way. They want to go back to the old ways. And the Empire honestly did a good job of scrubbing things. I mean, they got rid of the Jedi in, what, 30
3: years?
2: As someone who's met people and known people who grew up in a religious kind of, we're off on our own, yeah, totally buy it.
3: This episode had had also had a lot of Mon Calamari and Corin. Very happy to see that. Um,
1: Which is why I don't understand why they didn't just set this on Mon Calamari.
3: The LL Bean Montcalmari. <laughs> yes. yeah.
4: JC I want
3: that. I want that sweater. <laughs> I love that he had a sweater.
0: Well, it's it's coming soon to a JC
2: hey, catalog near you. Oh, yeah.
0: With
5: with the coveralls, <laughs> I want the whole. I want the. I want that look.
2: It's you know that cosplay is
4: coming.
5: Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I hope so.
4: And importantly, this episode didn't introduce the chowder tube,
5: <laughs> <laughs> chunky chowder tube.
1: <laughs> I was thinking this episode should have just taken place on Mon Calamari because you have so many of the corn and the and the Mon Calamari who are dwelling here. But I love the world building with the seaside town, and I love the repurposed adats being used as cranes, yeah. and we saw those later on in the series in the season as well. But just I really loved that setting and that opening scene of this episode.
3: Yeah, I love seeing him on a boat. That was really cool to me for some reason. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah I, I actually I think I messaged um, Beth and Ryan as soon as this is over. And I was like, was that Montcalmari?" I could, can't remember if that was on Montcala <laughs> or not. But no, it's just just a fishing. Again, it's Star Wars, so it's a fishing planet.
0: <laughs> no, yep. but I really wanted somebody to be singing a sea shanty at some <laughs> point. <laughs> <Yar>! <laughs> um,
3: I really like the guy who played the officer.
2: Oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, oh Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah.
3: Um and I, I love it when he nerfed uh, the two other guys so he could scuttle the ship. I thought that was yes. pretty awesome. Also from Deadwood. Yeah, that's All true. Right. Yes. Oh. Yes. I guess I gotta watch it sometime. Right after the wire ended, like you could tell which filmmakers watched the wire because <laughs> Michael K. Williams and other actors started showing up and stuff along the way, you know. And, and so you kind of see that you kind of see what filmmakers like what shows sometimes.
2: And this was also a good one for seeding how badass a group of Mandalorians can be, because the three of them take that whole ship.
3: That was particularly awesome. Uh, I I wrote that he says that he follows the way of the Mandalore. And I was like, bitch, you're speaking to your rightful Mandalore with with (laughs) Bo-Katan. Like, have some respect, punk.
4: I don't know if she is anymore, though, but we'll talk about that later.
0: Yeah, we'll get to
4: that. I got thoughts about that.
3: The structure of the show at this point is want this, go get it. Do a favor for us. Find out what find out what he really wants is somewhere else. Goes there. Do a favor for us. Finds out what he wants really somewhere else. So but also uh Bo Katan says
6: Take the Found Lane to the city of Kaladin on the forest planet of Corvus. There you will find Ahsoka Tano. Tell her you were sent by Bo-Katan. Record scratch. That was record scratch right there.
4: And I'm sorry, Dark Saber. when said out loud on a TV show, sounds really silly. I mean yeah. more than lightsaber shit. That I was like, ew. <laughs> I was okay with this on Rebels, but it's kind of weird when a real person says it.
0: That that explains why Terry looked at me funny when he asked me what I had, and I was like, it's a dark saber, stupid.
3: <laughs> I, I really good episode, and and got we got we got one of the things I really wanted to see was was a live action Bo Katan. She looked great. She looks so much like her. They, like dead on, dead on. Katie did a great job. Then we get chapter 12, The Siege, which is by far my least favorite episode of the season. And it's not just because it has Gina Carano in it, but that doesn't help.
0: No, Horatio Sands Is bothers. it Horatio
1: Sands?
3: <laughs> One of my biggest problems with the show in general, both seasons, I think the, the writing is awkward at times, but I think the acting is so uneven. You have, you, you you range from like really great actors to Gina Carano. And I, sometimes I feel like they're not, they're not in the same world and <laughs> they're not existing in the same same place. And My, let's say, political disagreements with Gina Carano aside, um, I thought she sucked in Haywire, and I think Mm -hmm. she sucked in everything since except for Deadpool because she didn't have to talk. So when she shows up, I wasn't super excited. Uh, I I like her better in later episodes, but this episode was very fillery to me. Mm
4: -hmm. Just say midichlorian, you (laughs) coward.
2: Yeah,
3: (laughs) I get you're trying to distance yourself (laughs) from that,
0: but we, we know what you mean when you say M count. But that's the thing you want to distance yourself from. That's your big pick is to distance yourself from that.
2: I did love the way he, that um, Carl Weathers character kept uh, messing with the the fish guy. I was like, I'll knock another 50 years off. You want to stay out here? Come here. Come on.
3: (laughs) There was, there is some good stuff in here. Um, There was an an amazing moment where the speeder bikes come over the hill. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, This this was pretty cool. It was very it was kind of Last crusade the, the The tank chase reminded me of Last Crusade a little bit. One geek note I wanted to point out, in the classroom, the teacher makes references to both the Karelian Run and the Hydean Way, which are two of the major hyperspace trade routes. And the droid, if you actually have the closed captioning on and listen to what the droid is actually saying, the droid is explaining the different uh, areas of the galaxy, the mid-rim, the outer rim, the expansion region, like all this stuff that you only know if you're a nerd or if you have the Star Wars Atlas. So mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. I don't think I've ever heard anybody in a live action or even animated Star Wars really explain the structure of the galaxy. And the teacher says that uh, many Bothans died. they a little <laughs> clip of that. It's,
5: it's many I'm like, oh, that's cool. They get, they get into the story of the second Death Star.
3: Horatio Sands was definitely my least favorite part of the premiere episode of the show. So to bring him back, I was
1: very frustrated. There exists a Mithril Funko Pop out there, and I want to know who these people are so I can never talk to them again who own this thing. But I will say, I did like the fact that they they kept the Carbonite Blindness thing going because he's actually, he's he's still having trouble seeing.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I thought that was cool. I thought that was very good. I
5: like that the the town turned around, you know, after the big, the fight, and they've got the statue of IG-11 out there, and, you know, now the happy little town with schools and cops and...
2: Well, again tapping into that whole western vibe Yeah. space mm-hmm. yeah i
3: mean and she's a exactly.
2: she's a marshal now
3: um and in knowing what we know now about the new shows this was totally setting up for her, a cara mm-hmm. dune show or her you know for yeah. art setting her on a new thing it also had the new republic x-wing pilot beat cops um that i don't love it that had one of the dumbest lines of the show says here you're from alderaan
6: i served during alderaan Did you lose anyone? Did you lose
3: anyone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally <laughs> yeah, everyone. And, and yes, she has the emotions, everyone. I'm like, you should know the answer to that. <laughs> yeah. That's a no, no, we
2: that. were, thankfully, we were all off planet at the yeah. time. <laughs>
0: yeah. We were on vacation. It, nobody was there my dog died asshole. yeah
3: no it was very uh yeah i thought that was that was kind of a i mean I, I get it they were setting it up so she could have that like deep character moment of i lost everyone and you're like but but we knew that we knew the answer before everyone lost <laughs> everyone everyone. <laughs> everyone having to do anything with alderaan lost everyone um but so there is some really cool razor crest uh dog fighting in it too yes um,
2: yeah and
5: puking yoda
3: <laughs> yeah yeah that was cute um
2: yeah. And I thought Carl Weathers did an okay job directing.
3: He did. I, I said unfortunately it's yeah. my least favorite episode because I and I can't let my love of Apollo Creed and Chubbs cloud my judgment. <laughs> yeah. But
0: look, Action Jackson can direct some action. He yeah,
3: actually Action Jackson yeah. did bring it. Yeah. yeah. The action was But cool. he
0: he maybe can't direct all the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, and we get to chapter thirteen. Oh <laughs> the Jedi. Um, Mando travels to a world ruled by a ruthless magistrate who has made a powerful enemy. Uh, everyone's going to want to talk about this. So, uh, Pete.
5: Uh, you know, it opens with her just kicking ass and it's, it's great. It's amazing. I, I, I was just blown away by it. I thought it was great. You know, I, I was late to the rebels and clone wars thing. I just watched them within the last two years, but seeing her live action was, it just floored me. It was great. I loved it.
1: I was going to say, yeah, th- th- this is the moment the moment in the show where you can just tell everything is different now. The The entire show takes a very hard turn. Um, you know, you find out, of course, we, we reveal Ahsoka. We reveal Grogu's name. Um, we have uh, uh, the, the the revelation that she's hunting Thrawn. I mean, all this is all happening. And it's like, oh, OK, we're either steering the show in a new direction. Or as we learn later, we're creating spinoff shows uh, based on this episode.
2: Yeah, the first thing I have to say is roll that beautiful bean footage. (laughs) Uh, Seeing Michael Bean in Star Wars made me happy in ways I can't describe and I loved his character and I was kind of hoping that at the end when he was like, you know... We'll put our lives on the line for the right fight.
3: This ain't it. This isn't
2: <laughs> that. Yeah. yeah. I was like, okay, he's going to walk away. We'll see him again. It'll be great. No, yeah. no.
3: I, I was kind of glad it was only one episode. Um, yeah. To I be fair, too. Michael Bean, is, uh, he's a hard man to work with more than once. James Mm. James Cameron's the only one who's ever managed it. So it it, it was it was awesome to see him, but I was kind of okay that it was only the one.
0: I'm assuming this is what he was talking about at Days of the Dead. The only convention I got to go to this year
6: Mm. was
2: when
0: he said, there's a thing I did and I can't tell you guys about it, but it's going to be awesome.
2: Yeah, this would be it.
0: This must have been it, because I can't imagine what else would be cooler than this.
3: I mean, Rosario Dawson's casting was like the worst kept secret. Um, yeah, you know they—they they didn't. I'm glad we never saw an image of it, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. She did her homework, um, yeah, because the way she carries herself, her facial expression—she did that little to snarl when she's in the fight with mm-hmm. the magistrate at the end.
2: I love that fight, and I love how this episode embraces the other side of Star Wars, and the aside from the space western, the space samurai. Yeah, yeah. You know, the yeah. Cure yes. this was the samurai so shots right out of. Kurosawa.
3: Yes, no, this was definitely a samurai episode. Um, It also set up, you know, there's also important things to it sets up that the Beskar staff can fight a lightsaber, which obviously was going to come into play later. I, uh, to me, okay, so here's the question. How do we, what do we think about Grogu? Is he speaking?
6: Do you understand him? In a way, Grogu and I can feel each other's thoughts. Grogu. Yes. That's his name.
0: He he had to have a name eventually.
1: I'm glad it doesn't start with a Y.
2: <laughs> Yeah, one of my roommates pointed out that it's very close to the name of the kid from Lone Wolf and Cub, which is the other kind of inspiration for the show. Drogu, I think, or something. Oh,
3: uh, OK. Yeah, it's the major influence of the show, actually. Um, yeah, I did write down where is Grand Admiral Thrawn? Of course, she's looking for Admiral Thrawn, which we're guessing probably has. We don't know, but it probably has something to do with looking for Ezra um, probably in some way. All right.
0: So this, this was my guess, and I want to hear mm-hmm. Noel, Gary, and Pete on this, is that she is currently on a fact-finding mission to figure out where to go look for Thrawn and Ezra. Like, where is this magistrate getting her information from? Where is she getting her orders from? Is Thrawn still out there somewhere talking to them? Or is she just, I think Thrawn is here and I want to go find him? Because I think, I, I think, I think she's-
5: Thrawn and Ezra are back. I, I think we
0: just haven't seen them yet.
3: It's possible. Yeah, it's it's possible. It's just to me the 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 season rebels ended with them going to find Thrawn and Ezra, so it just feels.
4: And she's not the wizard yet. They don't go to look until she's the wizard. She's
0: still a of the Gray. So is she actively <laughs> seeking uh. Thrawn, or is she just
4: trying to get leads?
3: Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll find out. Oh they're yeah. going to bring
4: the world between worlds. You can just do whatever you want to.
3: Yeah.
4: She can pop yeah. in and out and
3: I did notice Maybe- Maybe- Oh
4: god, you know what though? What if she's the one that saves Grogu? She pops out <laughs> at the temple. We're gonna- <laughs> hey, let's talk about that. Much. We're going to we're going <laughs>
3: to we're going to talk about Grogu's fate later.
4: Oh no! I was talking about the temple before Order wow. sixty six. Wow. Like if she She's goes, the one that goes oh. back, oh, that's... because they bring that up and don't really go into it. They're yeah. saying like, yeah, he was at the temple and somebody took him. That and was kind of weird. On.
3: That was kind of weird. It's like he was <laughs> yeah. because it turns out what we do. Another thing we learned in this episode is that Grogu was trained as a Jedi.
6: He was raised at the Jedi Temple on Coruscant. Many masters trained him over the years. At the end of the Clone Wars, when the Empire rose to power. He was hidden. Someone took him from the temple. Then his memory becomes dark. Uh Mm -hmm.
3: And he's suffered some sort of trauma that has kind of suppressed it. I wouldn't be surprised if he could actually talk like, but he's been kind of, they said there's some trauma going on with him where he has suppressed his memories. He suppressed what he's learned. Well, um,
2: it's how long since the fall of the temple at this point
3: point? 25 years 20, yeah, yeah so oh, he no. was, 30 years yeah
2: no, 30, yeah well he's 30, only 50 five? so yeah he's yeah. only 50 so he was like 20 at the time which you got to figure for his race looks to be like about like a toddler like maybe three
0: maybe those memes are right and he was in the room when the young links got killed
3: yeah, maybe he was hiding in the corner they just thought he was their pet. But I also wrote down that that uh, it seems that Ahsoka and Bo-Katan are also on fetch quests. Um, they're on their own quest while we're, while yeah. we're doing this.
2: Yeah. A fetch quest to make their pilot. <laughs> yes. <it is>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that was very amusing if bo had just stuck with him that she would have got where she wanted to go anyway. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, no, I liked, uh, but in, in the end sequence, it was just, there's no other word to put it, it was badass. he even mm-hmm. says it, a Jedi and a Mandalorian, they'll never see it coming. It's a cheesy yeah. line, but they're absolutely right. <laughs> and it was awesome. Um,
2: yeah. And I love the fact that their fight was so quick and he was immediately throwing out, you know, bo Katan me, bo sent me, please stop hitting me. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that little fight's like, don't, please, please, please. Uh, no, she did. She did an amazing job. And uh, it makes me, definitely makes me look forward to the show. Um, I do believe I'm not, I do believe she lobbied for the role. It, oh yeah. It wasn't something that like they were just like, hey, let's get her like she knew of the character. She wanted to play the character and um, really came through. And that's why I think she does. She kind of made the character a combination of her version of the character and the animated version. Like I said, I mean, there were facial expressions that were straight off the show. She owned it. She yeah. definitely owned it.
0: She's famously a big nerd, so yeah. I can totally see her working hard to get this part yeah
3: so we were in general like i said i was very worried about this but uh uh, i was like 95 percent completely on board you know i thought i thought it worked out really well but unfortunately uh ahsoka can't help him either so um, (laughs) ahsoka won't train him because apparently he reminds her too much of anakin which is weird um
2: That was a nice little moment, though, when she says, I've seen what happens to the best of us, and you go, oh, she
6: means. (laughs) There is one possibility. Go to the planet Tython. There you will find the ancient ruins of a temple that has a strong connection to the Force. Place Grogu on the seeing stone at the top of the mountain. Then what? Then Grogu may choose his path. If he reaches out through the Force... There's a chance a Jedi may sense his presence and come searching for him. Then again, there aren't many Jedi left.
3: So then we go to chapter 14. Now we get now we get to argue a little bit uh, mm-hmm. with the tragedy. Oh. Uh, Mando and Grogu travel to an ancient site.
4: I think we all know what the real tragedy is. <laughs>
2: Yeah, we know what the is. <laughs> if a hundred Haslab backers screamed out, yeah. and were suddenly
1: silenced. No, <laughs> which is ridiculous, because this ship has gotten more screen time than any other ship in Star Wars history at this point.
3: You're damn right it has, and it's gone. Um, wow. it, well, this whole season is about him losing things, right? Like, I mean, he gets things taken away from him many times in in like. In, in like you pointed out, the razor Chris gets the crap kicked out of it all season to the point where, I mean, they literally have to fish it out of the water on that one planet. Right. <laughs> like he lay yeah. that's a great moment. We forgot when he lands on the, he, he makes yes. that amazing landing and then he tilts over into the water. <laughs> this is the episode where tomorrow Morrison, who yes, did make an appearance in the first episode, but comes back. Which I,
2: that was all I expected.
3: Oh yeah, no, there, there's no way. Um, is back playing, not not playing, well, he never played Boba Fett, although technically he has played Boba Fett, but coming back in and on screen playing Boba Fett.
4: Are you Mandalorian?
3: I'm a simple man making his way through the galaxy, like my father before me.
6: Did you take the creed? I give my allegiance to no one.
3: Along with, though, though, he brings with him Ming-Na, playing mm-hmm. fennec uh so yet two people coming back from the dead <laughs> um i listen I, I, i'm pro the Bo- i'm pro boba fett so i'm gonna take my headphones off and let y'all go
2: I, I i'm with you
0: i did not want boba fett when it was speculated at the end of that episode in season one that it was either people were saying it, oh it's a uh, rex should have been rex should have been Rex. The other bounty hunter... Uh, Dingar. Uh,
2: <laughs>
0: damn <laughs> it, D- D-
2: Dengar! Zuck- Cad Bane.
0: Cad Bane. Yes, yeah. That is the one that people were speculating it would be. That was the one I wanted because I didn't want Boba Fett. And then I saw this Boba Fett and I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm not mad at it.
1: No, I liked it a lot better than I thought. But it helps that Robert Rodriguez is the one that brought him back to to the fold in full Boba Fett gear. Yeah. yeah I love
2: the fact that, I don't know if any of you guys have seen the interviews. I'm sure you have where he was like the original script he got was like 19 minutes long, you know, 19 pages. And he's like, I shoot fast. They, he was like, Favreau, if I shoot this, it'll be like 16 minutes. You want me to bat it out? And they went, yes, that's all we hired you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as someone who was nine, when empire came out and saw it in the theater and, just was you know like everybody my age went oh my god this boba fett guy looks awesome it was nice to see 40 years of badass reputation finally lived up to is it
5: he never he's the worst i'm i'm going to go ahead boba fett's the worst i've look man I'm, I'm, I'm glad. It should have been Rex. I hate Boba Fett. I've always hated Boba Fett. He's terrible at his job. He was terrible at his job <laughs> in Empire. He was terrible at his job in Jedi. He didn't got a jetpack. He didn't know how to use it. He got beat up by a blind guy and eaten by a bug. He should have stayed dead. percent. <laughs> he should be deader than any dead thing that's ever died. Bringing them back and it's, it's 100% fan service and to make a new show. That's it. Disney has an entire galaxy of cool, awesome characters that they could do anything with and they bring back. Boba Fett.
1: Which this actually gets into my biggest problem with The Mandalorian just in general is that I, I loved season one because it was a story for the first time really a, a story that doesn't take place within the whole Skywalker saga. Yeah. And then we start gradually introducing characters and now suddenly we're smack dab in the middle of the Skywalker saga again and I'm like do we really need another show that handle that does this?
2: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to copy and paste what I he mean, just said what, when we what? get to the last episode
3: so just <laughs> keep in that. Okay, uh, see, see, here's here's my problem. Um, tell me what that is. Tell me, tell me what the show that doesn't have to do with the Skywalker saga is. Everyone keeps saying they have to move past the Skywalker saga, and no it's, one has told want, me what that means. Yeah, new yeah. characters who <laughs> it's, don't. It's coming.
1: Yeah, who don't interact with ones that we've already seen in some other, in, uh, some of visual media at least. At sure,
5: point. I don't mind that. Star Wars fans sure. love that. Star Wars fans love to point at the screen and go, "Ooh, there's." There's that guy. We love that guy. Yes. Oh, there's that guy. I've seen, I've seen him before. Star Wars fans love that more than anything, but to bring back Boba Fett is straight fan service. We're, we're giving him a show. We're, we're here buy some more shit. Uh, sorry about that. Um, uh,
3: See, I, I, that's fine that's fine i don't care i i i, dis, I disagree i okay i'm gonna i'm gonna okay, I'm gonna just disagree just for one second here okay first first of all uh the reason i like him one i'm used to him being back because he was brought back in the expanded universe and uh so it, it, it ain't no thing also if he had gone out if he his death lucas even said that he would go back and change the way boba fett died if he knew people if he knew he really like toys. boba fett right um lucas yeah. does if, love
2: money if it
3: Sure. If Chewbacca had instead, instead of him accidentally going into thing, if Chewbacca had picked Boba Fett up Mm -hmm. over his head and with a mighty Wookiee roar, tossed this this man into the Sarlacc pit in revenge for what he had done to Han, then I would say, let him die.
0: Uh, I am 100 percent behind Pete until we get to this episode.
3: Yeah. (sighs) Yeah, that's the thing. Because he, what I love is, I want to. What I'm hoping the book of Boba Fett, the show is about partially, at least, is how does him being probably nursed back to health by the Sand People? How does he? He? I loved Monk Boba Fett. I actually. Now, one thing I will say, I would have been okay if he didn't get the yeah, armor back. I was hoping for that. I would have been okay if we just had, if we just had Gaffy wielding, badass Boba Fett. Because I liked that character a lot. And I still, I still like what they did with him. The thing is, I don't understand hating or liking Boba Fett because he's not a character. I don't understand liking or hating him. So to me, this was the first time we're really meeting him since he was a little kid. And he was cool. That's fair. Because I, I like the character in the,
5: in the cartoon. I like the character a lot. I, I, I separate the two. That Boba Fett isn't 1983 Boba Fett. Look how cool he is. I'm like, yeah, he didn't really do anything. You know, He didn't find Han Solo. He was hanging out in the back of the Star Destroyer and got lucky.
3: But the fact is, I got text messages from friends who um, do not know who Cad Bane is and will never know who Cad Bane is. But they texted me with two words: yeah. Boba yeah. Fett. So, like, he's we're still making Star Wars, and so I and I'm and again, I Beth, I agree with you. Like the way they did it made it completely. I didn't okay think, and
4: I we all know I don't really care for Boba Fett. And I didn't like him here. I, and this is getting ahead a little bit. But once he had the conversation with Bo-Katan about him being a clone, that makes him much more interesting to me. Like, what is it like to look like every Stormtrooper in the universe and you're not yeah. one? That's interesting.
3: Yeah. We also learned, we also learned though, that Jango yes. was a foundling. They've answered that yes and and no. I
4: don't like they're going back on that.
3: Didn't he
5: fall out with the Mandalorians? Because
4: Almax straight up says in Clone Wars he is a bounty hunter that stole it. That's who he is. That's why they don't like Django.
3: He could still be a Foundling. He could still be someone if he's not if he's well, not a true Mandalorian, someone can still have that attitude
2: about him. Foundlings may be a watch thing where other Mandalorians don't see the watch as Mandalorians. It's another religious schism. So we don't know. I mean, I said I thought that was
3: interesting because to me, the question of is he was he a Mandalorian or not was always so vague. And and I thought even on Clone Wars, I didn't I, I know what you're talking about, but I didn't 100 percent think that settled the score question for me. And so the idea of him being a foundling, like I said, is is to me a really interesting gray zone, a really interesting compromise between him being a Mandalorian and him not. And so I, I love the fact that they've got a, a chain of ownership. Little uh, hologram built into the armor.
1: My chain code has been encoded in this armor for 25 years.
6: See, this is me. Boba Fat. This is my father, Django Fat.
1: Your father was a foundling.
6: Yes. He even fought in the Mandalorian Civil Wars. Then that armor belongs to you.
5: Why didn't he get it from Cobb Vanth?
1: That that's a question for Book of Fett. He yeah. even
5: drops Cobb Vamp's name. So he knew where it was.
1: Like Cobb Vance was too tough for for Boba Fett.
3: No, uh and, and what and not only that, he as we you know, at the end of that episode, he watched uh Jin go off with the the armor. Uh no, i have that written down. Why the hell yeah. didn't he just get it from him um, Tatooine? You're absolutely right. I mean, I, get, absolutely I get it. we
5: got to move the story
3: along. <laughs> Doesn't change how I feel about the that doesn't change how I feel about the episode. Um, but that that's a yeah. season thing. Well, and like help. I said,
2: I want to kinda circle back to like I said, there's so many people I know, and I'm one of them, who loved him as a kid because he looked cool. And then again, when he as I got older, I saw the whole, okay, yeah, he died a stupid death. I don't he I thought he was overrated, but then this episode brought it back to, Oh, right. Okay, you you've completely rewritten him as a badass, and I'm on board.
3: Yeah, and then to see him fight, like the finally to see him let loose. And you know, we we've we've talked about this, Ryan, when it comes to Darth Vader. Like, one of the reasons we never saw Boba Fett be that badass is because the movie was made in 1983, and it's, it's the same reason why Obi Wan and Vader look like two old men fighting. And in in Jedi, in A New Hope, it's not because Lucas wanted it that way. It's because they couldn't do what you know. We we saw what he wanted lightsaber battles to look like. So I like these kind of, and we're we're going to experience this again, actually, in the finale. I like this idea of just, you know, letting the characters. It made me, I was so happy with this episode because, because that I think it's the right way to bring him back. Although I will say, uh, Jyn is a moron because how many times has he run into that force field before he yeah, figures out he can't get guard. into it? <laughs> <laughs> he's got he best He does it guard. like nine times.
4: Uh, my only disappointment with this episode was that They specifically called it Tython and it wasn't like, if you're going to go to Tython and you're going to name it, then show it like have four storms, have it be all crazy, have the temples.
3: That wasn't consistent. I agree. Yeah. To a couple just one. like we talked about uh, RIP to the razor crest, dark, dark troopers who who, have been around since uh, the dark forces video games back in 95. Uh, again, uh, Dave Filoni saving the EU one episode at a time, and
4: the robots now,
2: yeah. <laughs> evil <laughs> Iron Man. Yes,
4: <laughs> thanks, Fabro for evil Iron Man.
5: I would say
3: a somewhat um, divisive episode, uh, uh, in, in at least conceptually, but I think we can all agree it's still a pretty good episode.
2: Oh, it's a great um, episode, e-
3: even if you don't agree with the, if you don't agree with the decision, it's still a great episode. Yeah.
2: And watching Storm Chapter Tract- Two for tactics have not changed. Of rush, go. Yeah, I, <laughs> they are.
3: They're awful. They have terrible AI. <laughs> um, <laughs> they, don't, they don't take cover. They just stand in the open and shoot in no formation whatsoever. They bring out a mortar
2: for, for three people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the bus is like, run up that hill. But I'm going to die. Run up that hill. But I'll die. He dies. You, run up that hill.
5: <laughs> it's literally an Indiana Jones rock coming at me. I'm, and he doesn't move.
3: Listen, i'm all for i'm i'm a big believer in stormtroopers being inept uh like i said they are elite when they are shooting at nobodies but when they are shooting at our heroes they suck and that's just how fantasy works that's how storytelling
1: works when they really showed how the stormtrooper armor is obviously because of just years, and years <laughs> of, well, yeah, of, of, of empirical red tape i'm sure they were just cutting costs left and right they're like hey, it's okay cut their body armor so yeah they're, they're
0: it's not Armor. It's an outfit.
3: Dude, Kara Kara do knocks him out just by punching him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> with armor on. She just punches them in the face and they go down. And you're like, I don't yeah, I mean, I think they're just giving in to the uh stormtroopers are useless and they're just yeah. gonna run with it.
5: They just yeah. don't care. They know it's better to get hit in the face than to get shot. So
2: if do punches me in the face, I'm falling down. It doesn't matter if I'm knocked out or not. <laughs> I'm gonna be <laughs> Sounds- down here. <laughs>
3: We all agree they're probably they're collecting Grogu DNA to help make Snoke slash Palpatine, right? To help yeah, make. I think that's. A given. But they
4: confirm it in the finale. Like I don't know why it's a question. Yeah.
3: And Gideon's part of that effort.
0: Snoke sheev.
3: Snoke sheev. The character aside, I'm a huge fan of seeing prequel actors get a chance to play their characters again. Mm, um, yeah. And uh, that's why I'm not as upset about the Hayden Christensen thing until I see what happens. Uh, but I'm I'm a big fan of you know when, Jimmy Smith's. And uh, Genevieve, uh, I forget the last name, mm. got got to be in yeah. round one. And uh, I'm I'm hoping, uh, you know, and obviously we're seeing you and McGregor get to do it. I'm really hoping that Joel Edgerton comes back at least for an episode of Kenobi, you know, to yeah. to, to maybe give us a really nice depiction of Owen.
4: Now show me um, back in um, Andor, Mon Mothma.
2: Yeah.
3: So giving Morrison a chance to play this character again, or a version of this character again. All I'm saying is Binks, a, a Star Wars story, you know?
6: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Chapter 15, The Believer.
2: Oh, So yeah. Grover was gone. All
0: right, here's here's the character I didn't want to come back, but when, when he came back, I was blown away.
3: Cosign. I
0: cosine
5: her. him. This is hands down my favorite episode of the season. Yeah, I was, was about
0: to do. say the same. And I really didn't want him back after seeing <sighs> him in season one. I absolutely Stop did not that. want to see him again. But he came back, and I was just like, "Oh my God, who is this guy? This is the same guy."
3: I have one giant gripe, but Pete, tell me why you loved it.
5: Uh, this was the first episode that uh, I felt humanized the empire. Yep, uh, that there were people in those outfits. You know, when they're going over the bridge with the truck, like they were cheering. They're like, "Wow, oh, we finally got one!" It humanized. I mean, you know, when when Mayfield was sitting across from the officer, and just basically breaking down his old PTSD of, of operation cinder, you know, mm-hmm. and, and he loses it. It's, it's one of the most, he's the most human character in the whole episode. It's great.
2: Yeah. Well, cause up to now, every Imperial we've ever met was the commander. Yeah. Uh, let me snicker and evilly. And, you know, we have reserves and everybody's going to die. And it was nice to see that. No, there were, so, you know, at, speaking as a guy who has the Imperial logo tattooed on his arm, there are decent, you know, People in there. I mean, I wouldn't say they're great people or they're nice people, but you know, they're not all scumbags.
4: Speaking as someone that has a rebellion tattoo <laughs> on, I'm going to say they're all scumbags and deserve we're just to die. Just following orders, we're just following orders.
3: I'm going to go with Ryan on this. If you're remember, this is after Endor, so if you're still an Imperial, oh, this yeah. is like it's like being a Nazi in the 1960s.
4: You're in Argentina. That's where this <laughs> yes. is. <right> now.
0: <laughs> yeah. yes, exactly. Even worse. It's after Operation Cinder. Yes. Yeah.
3: Like, yeah, these guys, this is what these guys are doing. They're hiding, they're hiding in South America.
2: Yeah. This is the point where it's like, yeah, okay. If you're still in at this point, then yeah, it, you're not fighting for order in the galaxy anymore.
3: Yeah. And
5: I think they, I think they made a point with that with a lot of the officers this season saying, you know, oh, the empire forever, long live the empire. You know, the officers were all still all in, you know, the, the regular rank and file had no problem shooting another guy in the back to save his own ass. But, mm-hmm. you know, the officers, they were they were in it to win it.
4: So let me ask you all a question, because I don't think y'all probably read the books or I know I don't think Pete has or no, you might not be there.
1: Not, not many.
4: Operation Sender.
1: Mm-hmm. So
4: this is a really big deal in the books. Mm-hmm. Does it come across as bad as it's supposed to be? I was just
6: curious.
5: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it does because he's, you know, he's telling it from the Imperial point of view. He was like,
6: how about a toast to? Operation Cinder Now there's a man Who knows his history No, I don't just know it I lived it I was in Burning Con Burning Con? That was a hard day I had to make Many unpleasant decisions Yes you did Entire city gone in moments Along with everybody in it we lost our whole division that day. Man, that was like five, ten thousand people. Yep. All heroes of the Empire. Yeah. And all dead. Well, it's a small sacrifice for the greater good, son. Depends on who you ask, don't you think? What you getting at, Trooper? All those people. The ones who died. Was it good for them? And you guys just don't care because the
5: guy was very cavalier about it. He's like, yeah, you think that was bad. Wait, do you see what we're going to do next? And he's like, no, what we did then was bad. I lost all my friends. I killed a lot of people and a lot of innocent people died, you know? And I, I think Bill Burr's one of those guys, or Mayfield was just one of the guys that had enough. He saw war for what it was, you know, screw the empire, screw the rebellion. You know, there's a lot of people mm-hmm. this season that say, oh, the, the rebellion, what is that? That's junk. Leave us alone. You know, we just. We're tired of your wars. We're tired of all that. We just want to live on our planet. And, you know, I I thought that I, this this episode kind of
3: humanized parts of that.
2: That's kind of what I'm hoping for out of the Bad Batch is I want to see the people being disillusioned by, oh, this is what the Empire is turning into. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: If you want to hear more of that, turn in in two weeks to our episode about Lost Stars, which is uh, very much the book novel Lost Stars, which is very much about decent people working for the Empire. Yeah. One big gripe I want to have with this uh, okay. um. We need an internal imperial terminal. There's one on Morak.
4: <laughs> and it's in the cafeteria. In
3: <laughs> the cafeteria. <laughs> that is dumber than the Imperials keeping all their files on Scarif. Yeah. That is so stupid. Um
5: Imperial bureaucracy.
3: But, but Boba using the sonic bomb on the Tie Fighters was totally boss. That, that was, that was awesome.
5: so I think we and yes. finding out how slave one worked.
3: Yes.
4: I was fascinated by that.
3: Yep. I,
5: th- I think we were all like, hey, "Why does it do that? How does it do that?" Just seeing that internal spinning and finally knowing, "Oh, that's what, I, I don't know why they do that, but okay,
0: great. Still, kind of stupidly designed shit, but was- at least I know now.
3: Yeah, a lot of people went through a lot of mental gymnastics to try to make that dumb design look uh-huh. like it's functional. So,
5: Star Wars, yes, excellent.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's. Um, I will say, for also that. Him taking his mask off in this episode, which is a big deal in the show mm-hmm. when he does that, actually was, I thought, so much more powerful. I'm still not 100% on board with the way, but this season uses it so much more effectively. And the first time it was him, you know, he's dying or I don't even remember. It's, it's yeah. Lying or wounded or whatever. This time it's, if he doesn't do this, he's not going to find Grogu. He does to save somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. It, or, it, and specifically... His cub. Right. To me, you're going to, if you don't take your helmet off, you die is actually less powerful than if you don't take your helmet off, you're never going to find your son. Yeah. It was so much more effective to have him there looking, and, and when especially when he's like getting dressed down by the officer. Yeah. For the first time in the show, looking utterly human, you know, he was just a dude wearing a uniform. He was not, he was just a dude. Brown eyes. Yeah.
5: <laughs> Mayfield set it up, you know, Mayfield set it up, you know, how far are you willing to go? You know, I was willing to do this, that, and the other. How far are you willing to go? And, you know, Mando said, "I, you know, I'm not going to falter. So, and then he did. When it came down to the wire, he did it.
0: I don't know if Pedro Pascal had it written into his contract that he had to take his helmet off in the first season. But I think if he'd left it on until this episode, oh, it would have been yeah. even cooler.
4: But see, I think they should have waited. Like, I was cool with him taking his helmet off, but I wish they hadn't have shown his face. And waited till the last episode so you I don't mean, see it until Grogu touches it. Mm, ah,
3: yeah. It would have been a long time, though. That's a long yeah, time. Yeah, it would have
4: been difficult. But I'm like, you know, you could have seen the back of his head in this one and kind of that. And you would have had to gymnastics around it.
5: I think it kind of sets it up that he's more cool with, you know, maybe I was raised
3: by crazy religious zealots yeah he's also been he's also learned more information yeah
2: it was just such a powerful moment of like like chad was saying this is this is the moment where he has to decide is his vow or his kid yeah
3: his creed versus yeah no it's it's a very it's a very cool moment this episode also i thought had a nice little twist at the end when he calls gideon
6: oh, oh yes it's,
1: it's word for word too moth gideon you have something i want You may think you have some idea what you are
6: in possession of, but you do not. Soon, he will be back with me. He means more to me than you
5: will ever know. It's Gideon's word for word, yeah.
0: I was hanging out with uh, Luke and Sharon over the weekend, and they were like, that was such a stupid speech. I was like, wait, do you guys not remember word for word? It's the same
1: speech. Uh And it's the first time we see Moff Gideon look worried. It's also the only episode of the entire series, though, thus far, that doesn't have Grogu in it at all, um, which I was surprised. There's no flash over to Gideon and Grogu at any point in the episode, um, which I thought was unusual because he's he's kind of the, the... He's the reason why a lot of people watch this show. They might be disappointed. and I could have done without the office space joke.
5: Oh, come on. DPS reports was great. I loved it. I, I hated I it.
1: I love it. It was so mad.
5: It was great. It was great that Bill Burr,
1: of all people. I didn't even notice yeah, it. Yeah, it took me out of the episode. Yeah, you um, got
4: to save that for Marvel.
5: <laughs> I, just, I feel really bad for that one shore trooper who <laughs> was just, just trying to get lunch, man. Yeah. He's probably like, he's been working all day. Trucks are blowing up. One find comes in, he's like, all right, man, now I get a break. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to eat my bagel. And and then I'll go back to oppressing the galaxy. Boom, <laughs> his boss just gets shot in front of me. He's just sitting there holding his tray. And he turns to me. He's like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> he doesn't even get to eat
3: the bagel. Just You just wrote a robot chicken sketch.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
3: Oh, I feel bad for
2: that guy. I also love the fact that Mando, when he has to fight off the Raiders, is like, oh, yeah, I'm not wearing Beskar anymore.
3: Yeah, yeah. That was, and that was also, that scene was a very, you know, speaking of kind of shout outs, that was a very reminiscent of the film Wages of Fear or uh, William Friedkin's remake. Sure, Sorcerer. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. A very a straight up kind of adaptation of that, to the high speed mo- moving of uh, volatile materials. All right. Chapter 16 The Rescue. Now, I told you I've got a screed, but it's about <laughs> the ending. So let's let's not get to the ending yet. And if, by the ending, of course, I mean Bib Fat Tuna.
6: Yeah,
3: Bib Eat Tuna. Yeah, <laughs> Bib lot of Tuna.
0: No ship. So he's he's just on Slave One from now on forever.
3: So Mando and his allies attempt a daring rescue. The rescue is awesome. Yeah.
4: So here's my thing about the rescue. And one of the things I'm most impressed with that I, I didn't think about till later. If you compare the rescue once Den separates from them, so you you're going have, to make my
3: exact point that I have written down here.
4: You have the four women do it without making a show of it. And you compare it to a Marvel did an end game.
3: Right, right here on my page, right here on my page, Avengers Endgame.
4: Did this ridiculous, like, look, the Marvel theme sucks. <laughs> it's, it's not good. And it's.
5: <laughs> what happened to the other dude, Mandalorian?
3: Did he just not go?
4: He's busy. <laughs> He's <getting banned> stuff <laughs> he so he didn't get.
3: I thought about that too. That he yeah. didn't get killed in the their first one, right? No. Okay. He no. just. No. He just didn't yeah. go.
4: He's polishing his armor somewhere. But no, the way they handle that is so good.
3: The way they handled it is, I didn't even notice. I didn't. I didn't notice until they were in
5: the elevator, and then it didn't bother me,
3: like at all. Like I said, yeah. it, it very. Yeah. I wrote the exact same thing down compared to the moment in Avengers Endgame. Uh,
1: well, and the, and the boys made fun of it in this past season too. So it was like, it was fresh in my mind. I was like, oh, girls get it done. There's your moment. Uh,
3: hey, hey, Beth, do you have any opinion on the treatment of women? <laughs> As the four guys talk about it. I...
5: <laughs> Beth, do we need to explain what happened to you?
6: <laughs> oh,
5: I mean, you? You got it, right? Like,
0: No, I don't get it. <laughs> I also did not notice that it was a chick breaking off thing because- they didn't point it out to yeah. me.
5: Oh, they broke it off. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but I didn't notice it. And then I was like, oh, it's that woman I hate. And Ming-Na wins,
4: being awesome.
3: Agent, Agent May is back. <laughs> with her robot stomach. Yes.
4: With with her robot belly. Yeah, which, by the way, how does your robot stomach save you from blaster fire? <laughs>
3: face all i know is she stepped he off the his- set of agents of shield and onto the set of mandalorian and didn't even have to change she didn't go far
0: and stepped into our hearts yes yeah. <laughs> i honestly did not notice a, a, anything besides where the hell's boba fett going <laughs>
1: he just left he's left we we know why he left now i did my part see ya because some other guy would have recognized him
4: i'll come get anybody who's still alive yeah. Much like he should have done in 1983
5: and just left. He left because he was right. terrible. He probably forgot how to fly a ship.
2: That does remind me of the line from the previous episode that I loved. It was like, they might recognize my face. <laughs>
5: <Yeah>. <laughs> that was that was good one.
4: Can we talk about how Tie Fighters get out of the ship? Because that didn't seem very smart. Very Battlestar Galactica. Yeah,
5: there's, never, there's nothing smart about Tie Fighters, though. I mean,
0: there's not much smart about the Empire. That's always though. kind of been
3: the the designs of Tie Fighter hangers, you know. In, in- and it's, it's not a star. Trek. Yeah, no, it's not. You're right. It's a light cruiser. It's a
5: small cruiser. Yeah. It's it's not a star Trek at all. So they got to shove them in there.
2: I did love all the, the the Imperials watching the the Lambda class come in. Just like <laughs> is it coming in? Is it coming in? You think we should move? Like nobody leaves.
0: We'll just we'll just wait and see what happens.
3: <laughs> all right. They're ineptitude. So uh we unleash the dark troopers. I thought it was kind of a funny beat where they pump all the dark troopers into sp- dark troopers into space out the airlock and then they just fly back.
0: And yeah. I knew the second they did that, the second he pushed that button, I was like, they're droids, idiot. <laughs> they have rocket. Yeah. They're coming right yeah. back. But
3: I thought it was cool. It was a cool twist because I, in the moment when they hit it, I go, oh, okay, yeah, they're out the airlock. And then, yeah, it took me, but it took me a full beat. And I was like, wait
2: a minute. <laughs> they don't breathe.
0: <laughs> but what oh, no, yeah. the, in, the instant he did that, I was like, you are
2: so stupid. <laughs> well, the thing is, he bought them some yep. time because they were getting through that door.
5: Yeah. And he was having a problem with the one. I mean, it, yeah. to, I guess to show how, how badass, because you know, that'll come up later. You know, Noodle They, they
2: drove his helmet through the wall.
3: Yeah, you're right, you're right Noel. It was a very brutal scene.
4: <laughs> but this goes back to Beskar is cheating. The Beskar whole season, cheating. Beskar is cheating. Like, that thing is pounding his head His again.
3: Beskar should be perfect, and inside he should be jelly. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a concussion.
4: He's got
0: 12 concussions.
5: <laughs> and are, are those droids more powerful than, like, super battle
3: droids? Yes, I would say so. I mean, okay. it, I, I, never play, I didn't play the game, so I. I uh, t- uh, technologically, it's, you know, 50 years later, right? And yeah. uh, and, and they're, yeah, so probably. Uh, again, in, in the expanded universe, they weren't actually droids.
4: And it looks yeah. like you see in Bad Batch. Bad Batch, you can see them. Their comment. Yeah, he
2: does mention that
1: you know they 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 remove the human element. Yeah, yeah. So he took out the last. Yeah, flaw. there were
4: several. There were several versions of dark troopers.
1: Well, it turns out the last flaw is that they weren't made of Vescar, apparently.
4: Before we get to the end, also, we were talking earlier if they have confirmed that it is Snoke. I mean, in this one, Gideon pretty much straight looks at the camera and says,
6: "I've already got what I want from him. His blood." All I wanted was to study his blood. This child is extremely gifted and has been blessed with rare properties that have the potential to bring order back to the galaxy.
5: Wink, wink, nudge, If nudge. there's
4: any question what they are doing, that was mm-hmm. the answer.
5: Or or is it Palpatine? Are, are they cloning Palpatine? Because I think it's one and the same. I think it's, it's one and in the same, same project. All, all yeah. part of it.
4: It's Project Sheev. I am guessing a sentinel robot is going to show up on the show eventually. I was honestly surprised there wasn't one on
2: this episode. And I did love that, that uh, Gideon was, again, he's a, one you know, I loved his assume I know everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And standing there waiting for him with the, the saber over Don't you Grogu. point that
3: saber at my Grogu?
2: Yeah,
3: <laughs> I was not pleased, young man,
2: but I love that conversation between them and his look like I don't care. You you can be in tr- you can leave. I just want the kid
3: and we haven't mentioned it yet. But Giancarlo Esposito continues to be one of the greatest actors in the history of television.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. He's, he's the main villain on the three shows that I currently watch on television. So. Yeah, yeah.
2: What's that f- meme article that goes around pr- out present, you know, appearance of Jean Carlo, uh, Gina Carlo proves that the main character is now effed. <laughs>
1: He's, he's also Gideon is such a weasel, and I love that because that's not something we've seen out of Imperial higher ups yet.
3: He's not the top dog either, right? He's he's, right, he's yeah. probably working for the big guy.
4: So then somebody comes to save him, and that was the end. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Oh, no,
3: stop. I will, re- I will record on my own. We got to talk about that dark
1: saber first. <laughs> yeah, we got to talk about that fight and then how it ends because I got a problem with that because I remember okay. uh, that. Bo Katan got that dark silver a completely different way before, and she went wow. on to sit on that throne.
2: Yeah. Well, I saw someone pointing out that maybe why Gideon is so giddy about what's about the situation because he may know oh, that. Oh, do- he
3: totally knows that.
2: Oh, he totally does. Yeah, so that's why he's so rubbing it in her face there that.
3: Right. Ryan-, Ryan has an interesting theory on this.
4: Yeah. So my theory on this is that. Bo-Katan believes that the reason Mandalore fell is because she accepted it that way Mm. that previously you might Uh. could have done that, but she thinks because she didn't actually win it, that's what caused it all to fall apart. And so now they're going to have that struggle with, this is the only way I can get it back. I can see that. So here we
0: are with another, a yet another fall of Mandalore to, to be Mandalore
3: is the Korea of star Wars. It is the most warred over piece of real estate in the entire galaxy.
0: We saw Mandalore fall in the very last season of the Clone Wars, but Mandalore is going to get beat down worse
4: again, I guess. It's going to come up. It's already beat down.
0: No, I'm but I mean, it's going to get beat down more because otherwise, how does Moff Gideon get the Darksaber?
4: The Purge, yeah.
0: Yeah, we haven't seen no. the actual no. Purge yet. We were led to believe
4: we saw a Purge.
3: We've seen the Siege. We haven't seen the Purge.
4: We've seen the siege. We haven't seen the
0: purge. Yeah, you got
3: to keep sieges and your purges straight.
4: There's the Civil War, then the siege, then the purge.
3: Everyone's going to get a chance to say something about the end of promise. Okay. All right. So I had. We get to the end of the movie and we all know, or the end of the show, what movie, whatever. And uh, someone arrives to rescue them. And that someone is Luke Skywalker. Okay. So I had, I went through two experiences at this ending. One, the moment the X-Wing swings in, I jumped out of my seat when the X-Wing landed. And immediately in my head, I got in my head, I wrote Luke's first line, right? I wrote in my head what I thought Luke should say in the scene where he's Vadering his way through the corridor and and destroying (laughs) everything. And it's awesome. It just became a fact to me that this is what he was going to say, right? Which is preposterous because I didn't write it. The door opens. And when he didn't say, I'm Luke Skywalker, I'm here to rescue you. I was upset.
4: That's exactly <laughs> what I thought
6: he was going to
3: say. I was so mad because I was like so convinced that that was the only thing he could possibly say when that door opens. So that moment's fan- to me, that movement moment is fantastic. Uh, we talked about it. He's the one I wanted to show up. I didn't think they would for logistical reasons, but he was the one I wanted to show up because it makes a lot of sense. But then uh, they leave. Very moving moment with the helmet. They leave. The doors close. I'm elated. And then the next minute, I have a revelation that makes me very, very sad. And it occurred to me, the sequel trilogy was a mistake. I'm not talking about the quality of the films. I'm not going to argue the quality of the films. I do not want to get into it with Ryan about Last Jedi. One day, <laughs> one day we will. I enjoy all the Disney films to one extent or another. We And we've talked about this, Ryan, on this show, that what they wanted, they were so afraid of the prequels when they made A Force Awakens, that they wanted to bring people in. Now, mind you, Revenge of the Sith was the highest grossing Star Wars film ever before Force Awakens. So it's not like people had stopped going to Star Wars movies. They just weren't making any more Star Wars movies. But either way, they want to bring people back. What did they want, Ryan? Rebels and Imperials, right? Yeah. TIE fighters versus X-Wings. Uh, uh, Sith versus uh, Jedi. Even walkers versus speeders. Stormtroopers. They wanted that imagery because they wanted because they were getting the, the original gang back together, and they wanted that imagery. That means you need an empire and you need a rebellion. So then they backtrack and they reverse engineer to get from Return of the Jedi to this moment. And in doing so, they destroy everything our heroes fought for, won, and built. Everything. In order for them to get the empire that they want, our characters from the original trilogy have to fail. Their mission has to fail. Their lives have to fail. And these people, J.J. and Ryan Johnson and and, and everyone else making these movies, they say that the original movies are their are their Bible, (laughs) but they they make them all into losers, except for maybe Leia, who is just doomed to wage war until she dies. Imagine, if you will, quickly, if instead you had come into a world where the New Republic was thriving. And it was prosperous. And our our characters had, what's the George, George Washington's favorite, favorite Bible quote? I'm going to actually make a Bible quote, Micah 4-4. But they shall sit every man under his own vine and under his fig tree, and none shall make them afraid, right? That's Washington used to talk about. It. It's in Hamilton. That's how, why I know it. But um, it, it was Washington used to refer to that talking about, you know, when the wars were over, when his presidency was over, he just wanted to go home and enjoy his life and sit under his own tree. I want that for Han and Luke and Leia. I want them to have some success. Star Wars is, to me, the one thing, whenever somebody says this doesn't feel like Star Wars, this doesn't feel like Star Wars, uh, to me, that's all bullshit. But the one element that I cannot live without in Star Wars is hope. I said, uh, of the five Disney movies, the ones that I like the best are Solo and Rogue One. Rogue One is all about hope, even with a movie with a down ending. As it does, it ends with a moment of hope because you know what happens next solo while it doesn't necessarily end that way you have hope because you know this young man is going to go on to become a great hero what does this have to do with anything uh what this has to do with anything is at the end of this episode of mandalorian there's no fucking hope because we know it's all gonna go bad we all we know it's already all doomed grogu is dead in 25 years at the the minimum it should be this great moment that luke has found this ball of force he has only ever seen one other creature like it. And it was an amazing being who taught him everything. This should be a glorious moment for the rebirth of the Jedi. It should be hopeful. He is strong with the force. But talent without training
5: is nothing. I will give my life to protect the child.
3: But he will not be safe until he masters his abilities. And it's not. Because the sequel trilogy decided that they wanted to be nihilistic and they wanted to start us off in the darkest place possible. Those movies themselves have hope in them, but the premise of those films obliterate the hope for any of these other stories. And it's not the Mandalorian's fault, but it actually bummed me out. Not, not because I wasn't happy. I was super happy, but it totally bummed me out. And you know, the Boba Fett scene was awesome, but, um, but this ending, it just, again, it just struck me. And I think we've been talking about this when we talked about when we talked about freefall, Ryan, we talked and Beth we talked about um how bad the New Republic sucked, you know in this new canon, you know, but I think that's all the fault of the sequel movies wanting to start in this place and obliterating everything that our heroes won, and now I don't feel any hope at the end of this episode, and I feel like I should have, and now I'll shut up, but
4: no, I think you're right. The problem is the Mandalorian has been Star Wars moving forward and whether it's through Ahsoka or Boba Fett or whoever. And the problem is there's a giant wall at the end of it. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do about that. They're going to have to do something because you're going to lose eventually if you keep going. And Disney seems very interested in this era right now for whatever reason. And you're going to bring Thrawn in and you're going to bring all this other stuff in. And that wall is always the specter of what you have to get to. And the movies are the one thing. They'll go against the books. They'll go against the comics, which they've shown this season, the Mandalorian. And it's one thing I don't love about it is they have unwritten a little bit of their own Canon, which they said they weren't going to do, but they are not going to rewrite those movies unless
2: unless Ahsoka does that. Yep. Yeah.
4: And Kennedy is out like, I think at this point is a foregone conclusion. Her contract is about to be up and she is out.
2: And I don't know, you know, do you undo the sequels? Part of me really doesn't want them to, because I'd hate to hear the random Dennis scream in victory. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, How do
5: you course correct though? I mean, how do you, what do you do at this point? You
4: undo it all. And can you do that? Uh, Filoni has built in a way out. You lose. I mean, and you're right. Like, I don't want those people to win. I don't like, you know, Ray is a good character. There are some Mm -hmm. stuff in the sequels that are good, but they've painted themselves in a corner. And Disney's choice is either get out of this post-Empire area, which I think they're going to try with High Republic. And maybe if High Republic works, they'll be all right. So you either get out of that area or you unwrite the sequels. I think that's the only way the only choices you have at this point.
5: But even with The High Republic, you you know where the story's going. I mean, I, yeah, you can tell these great adventures and everything, but they'll never be on the same scale.
3: You but know but how if it's it hundreds acts. of years ago, it's the same way that we would read like Roman history or something, you know? So, so right. you know, it can still have giant stakes if it's, you know, centuries ago.
1: Even with the prequels, we knew what the ultimate uh, end of those stories was going to be, but they still were entertaining, self-contained stories upon them uh, onto themselves. And Lucas made a, a
3: mistake with the the Phantom Menace. Only one? I know. But but still, his, his I'm talking ma- his macro mistake was thinking that he was making a movie for children and re- did not understanding that his audience was 20 years older and those were going to be the key people interested. Uh, I actually think I actually believe that his heart was not in 2 and 3 because of the reaction to 1. But I think the sequels missed just as much the other way. And uh, as far as going more adult, adult and darker, I think they missed Just as far the other way, they just happen to be better movies. They just happen to be better made and better acted Mm -hmm. and just better put together films. I mean, you can you can hate the movies all you want, but there's not a performance in them that it comes anywhere close to Hayden Christensen or Jake Lloyd or Ahmed Best. Right. There's nothing close to that in the sequels. Yeah.
4: That's not a very wizard statement.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, They overcorrected. Ju- they they missed the mark. The concept of.
4: Well, and here's what I think they missed. That this gets right. And I've talked to us for. That scene. Well, there's two. The scene with Groku touching his face. And Luke coming in. Captures an emotional moment. That honestly hasn't been around since the original trilogy. I think that. Phantom Menace. There are, and in the in the prequels, there's a couple of moments to get close. I think the scene with me where she says "Don't look back" gets close.
3: I think Han's death gets there. I think yeah. I think the I think the lightsaber snapping into Rey's hand in uh, Force Awakens is one of the best Star Wars moments ever.
4: See that to me still felt just hollow. Yeah.
6: It's never mm-hmm.
4: that moment of Luke watching the sunset or Han dropping into carbonite. Like those, it's the music and all of it together that I don't think they've gotten to until right now. And you know, like I said it's it's the stars I've been chasing for thirty years, and it's awesome that it's back. But now they're trapped, and I don't know what to do.
0: So, Chad, you know how you say all the books that we read now they all go into making the prequels better. Think about the books that we're going to be reading in ten years. That are gonna make the sequels better.
3: I've said that. I want them to do that. I want them to release a whole horde of writers. I volunteer as tribute to go into that era and make it better, make it work, make it make sense. One of the reasons why going from Return of the Jedi to Force Awakens is like going from Aliens to Alien 3. You end Aliens with this happy little family, and then you start Alien 3 and they're dead. <laughs> and like, there's no, and it's, and it just happens immediately. And with this, and because they haven't given us given us anything about what has happened, but really, like in those thirty years, it just seems like everything's been shit, and they never nothing. It was ever good ever. Maybe there's a way to go in there and fix that, but I don't think they're going to because again, this era is so divisive. They know, like they know they've painted themselves into a corner. And there's if there's legitimate rumors, it's one thing for fanboys to like try to raise money raise money to remake the last jedi which is the most dumb entitled thing i've ever seen but it's mm-hmm. but if we we've, we've heard legitimate rumors that they've considered this that's insane on its own whether they do it or not
2: yeah, yeah cuz they got to do something because i know i have a few casual star wars fans who love the mandalorian and after that last episode i had at least four of them texting me going does this mean grogu dies I mean, unless the next season, yeah, yeah, unless the next season is like, okay, and uh, I'm going to get my kid. Never mind. uh, Forget the the hell with this training stuff. I will
3: say they have encountered this one more one time before, though, which is Ahsoka Tano. Ahsoka Tano was the exact same way, right? When Ahsoka Tano was introduced, we all thought, well, she's going to die. Yeah, they did manage to find a way out of that. I still find it a little iffy. Uh, why aren't Luke and Ahsoka teaming up and going and find Cal Kestis? They all know people that know each other. I don't know why there's not already a strike force of Jedi like right in this moment.
2: Well, that kind of ties into me. I'm like one of the few people I know who was actually disappointed that it was Luke. I wanted it to be anybody I but. I wanted I wanted Cal Kestis. I wanted cal I wanted somebody we'd never seen before.
1: I, I thought Ezra would be a good in that spot. But. E-
2: yeah, Ezra would have been great. I understand, and I see all the people in you know who are just oh, it's so great to see heroic Luke Skywalker again, and, and God bless you, go with God. But I, and that was an awesome scene to watch him break bad on all those dark troopers. But I really just like, could we got do Luke?
0: It could have been Ahsoka saying, you know what, I give up, I am a Jedi. But she also, at some point in that episode, she was in, should have said, I am no Jedi.
3: Mm yeah
0: harkening back to the clone wars and admitting she isn't a jedi but then giving up and going you know what all right damn it i am a jedi
3: she'll never call herself a jedi again
0: i know she won't but
3: neither will ray by the way that's my guess but go ahead
0: it, it would have made it sense for her to show up and say you know what okay i do have to take this on more so than Luke, where we know there is no real future there. Because we don't know Ahsoka's future. Ahsoka's future isn't written. Luke's yeah. future is written. It's done. Ahsoka's is not a done deal. And so Grogu could have a future with Ahsoka.
4: Well, but we have seen, and you know, this is one of those things, who knows if they'll keep doing it. Grogu is not at the Jedi Academy. Like We've seen it in the comics. We know who's there when Ben goes nutso. Grogu's not there so he's not going to go down with them they're going to take him out somehow i imagine you know mando's going to go pick him up one day and be like all right enough of this
3: it just feels to me like uh i see i i said i was happy that it was luke but um uh, because i want that continuity because i do want the idea of him out there trying to reassemble the jedi (laughs) um and, and that's important to me uh and again it was I loved every single second of it until I was in the credits. And then and then I thought about it and I got this nihilistic depressed feeling about it because of of how they have uh, as Ryan said they've painted themselves into this they've put up this wall mm-hmm. this wall that hope cannot penetrate if they stick with it. And by the way, Ahsoka Ahsoka's dead too in Rise of Skywalker. She at her ghost talks to Rey. Like she's dead by then.
0: I, I thought Filoni said that she was not necessarily dead. She's dead
3: because she's because dead. where is she? Why isn't she helping? Why isn't she part of this? The galaxy is on the line. Where was she? In Empire? Right. That's exactly. Well, no. And that's the problem with every single Jedi that is not in the mo- original movies. If you if you really think about it, you could get Obi-Wan and Ahsoka Tano And uh, we think, um, uh, uh, what's his name still alive, right, Ryan? Um,
4: Voss is still alive.
3: Yeah, Quinlan Voss is still alive. Yoda's still out there. The four of them can't take on Palpatine? Well,
4: but I wonder, and again, this goes back to the comics. You know, we've recently had where Luke is going to get a a new saber and we meet a Padawan that's been hiding. And she kind of says, like, I tried this and Inquisitors came after me and Vader came at me. Every time I poked my head out, I'm done.
3: I get it. But I would say that, you know, Sokatano is more powerful than some Padawan.
2: That's true. Oh, uh, Sokotano took out what three Inquisitors in Rebels?
0: Every single force sensitive person in the in the galaxy can't be out there like talking to Ray, you know, being a force ghost, whatever they're doing. That every single person who is force sensitive can't be out there like
3: Talking about force sensitive, I'm talking I'm not talking about the little kid with the broom in last Jedi. I'm talking about trained Jedi trained warriors that well, that is, stand for the right, stand for the right things, you know.
0: Is Cal is Cal Kestis in the Last Jedi?
3: This is just part of Star Wars. This is just the paradox in Star Wars, and that's just it, in order for us to get these stories that we like, which is Clone Wars and Rebels and stuff like that. We just have to we have to kind of ignore this. But it's just the 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 darkness that they've set up ahead just makes this stuff joyless. And I I would I would love a book about young Ben Solo, but it's just going to be. There's not going to be any fun in it, even if it's fun.
0: It's just so much easier for me at this point to ignore stuff that happens in the movies, to go for the stuff in the books and the stuff in the video games and the stuff in the TV shows. I would I would just much rather put my time and energy and emotion into that.
1: Well, I think it's it's an opportunity, too, that they should be able to take advantage of, where the galaxy is enormous, and yeah, there's an empire that's controlling most of the galaxy but there's probably other empires out there in other parts of the galaxy that are just not in the forefront to the stories we've seen thus far and there's no reason why you couldn't have ahsoka and grogu and other characters that don't show up in these main saga stories be doing things elsewhere and they just don't have the ability to get back and 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 work with uh with our heroes that we know right now
4: would you say there's some other empires that are ascending (laughs) (laughs)
3: i agree so pete you didn't like the luke thing because every like everyone i know that is not a like hardcore loved it and i I did too
5: i thought it was great uh you know we had ahsoka you know we i thought luke was great luke ties a lot of stuff together from the the clone wars the rebels all that into the actual original trilogy. Yeah. I thought it was awesome. I was screaming in bed when I watched it. The X-Wing pulled up. It was only Luke. You know, he comes in. He kicks ass with, you know, no problem. It shows how powerful he's gotten that he's not, you know, getting zapped by that practice ball anymore. You know, he comes through and wrecks these troopers. With like nothing, looks like his dad. Yeah, he 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 looks like a badass. Mm -hmm. He walks in, barely says anything, and then bounces. And R two makes an appearance. Why he had to get out of the ship, I have no idea. But and it was worth it. It was great to have him pop out.
1: And his interaction with Grogu was perfect.
5: Yep,
3: Mm
1: -hmm.
5: almost like they recognized each other or maybe knew each other. I don't know. I
3: mean, R two is apparently around for everything and remembers everything. So who the hell knows?
5: I mean, R two. He was at the Jedi Temple. He you know he
3: he new people around there. That's his job. Is R2 the Wills? <laughs> Is R- it, it, it was the Journal of the Wills written by R2D2.
4: He's the hard drive of the Wills. Eventually he's just going to pop out and that's where you read it.
1: He's a, he's the Wills thumb drive. I'm, I'm not sure though why I can go on YouTube though and find um, the de-aging process done with deepfakes ten times better than Disney's been able to do it with this and, and with uh, Rogue One. I, I, you've got so much money at your disposal. Yeah, you can do a better job on these Uncanny Valley faces because I've seen it done. Like the day after that episode aired, there was a clip on YouTube that the, where someone had done a perfect deep fake.
3: Sure, I uh, he's holding a he's holding a puppet. Man, I don't believe in
2: any of it. The people they could afford that would also sign the NDAs because apparently this was the plan a year ago was for it to be Luke here. So I guess I mean the other option. I mean the
4: rumor going around was that what's his name Sebastian Stan. Mm-hmm. Sebastian Stan was going to be Luke. So, would you have preferred that or CGI face
1: Luke?
4: No, CGI face Luke wasn't
0: perfect, but it was better than bringing in somebody else. It yeah, it didn't bother me at all, one
3: bit. This is going to be the only time we see him. Yeah, this is this is a one. If they had cast Sebastian Stan, then then that's another (laughs) spinoff. Yeah, another.
4: As much as I hate a lot of what they did. With the extended editions, you know, back in whenever. Mm-hmm. I mean, with this stuff, with Tarkin and Leia and Rogue One, and now this, like, 10 years down the road, just go
2: back in and fix it. Well, they've already wiped out the stage Delorean, so. Yeah,
4: that was my cosplay for next year at Dragon Con. So many of those. And you know what would be even better? If they went back through all the prequels and just put Plu Kuhn just kind of walking through. <laughs> <laughs> Plu Kuhn's in the original trilogy. What's Plu doing there? We'll find out later.
3: <laughs> dead, Ryan. Ryan, he's dead. He's not dead. That is a fact. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's not a fact.
3: That is, that is imperial propaganda.
2: <laughs> well, we, we have to talk about the stinger. Watching that scene, the second we cut to Jabba's palace, I was excited. And watching her, uh, watching Fennec come in and blow people away, and then watching Boba come in and shoot, you know, Bib Fortuna. Bib Fortuna. Yes, Bib Fortuna. When he, although the first thing that went through my brain for both of them was, oh, don't stand there, don't stand there. <laughs> they, they both stood on the Although
4: it'd have been awesome <laughs> to get some like geriatric rancor that has like one tooth left. It's like the sad <laughs> dog that's like laying in the corner. You're like, oh, they should, they should shoot that. <laughs>
1: We also get to see kindler gentler Fett, because he frees the Twilight slave girl, too. And actually,
3: it's Fennec who sets the slave free. It's not both. Oh, that's, true. Boba yeah, that's do true. Fennec does it.
2: But the way she grabs the wine bottle and just sits on the edge of the chair, I was like, I'm in. I want this show, and I want it now. Put it in my face.
3: <laughs> I was happy to see Jabba's Palace. I was ecstatic to see Bib Fatuna. It didn't feel to me the only disconnect to me is people think that like this means he's going to like take over the criminal underworld. I don't think Bib Fortuna is running the criminal underworld. I think he's just squatted in Jabba's palace no, with all the incredible. people that are left out hanging out. It's him and some Twi'leks and some Bomar monks and a couple Gamorreans, and they've just been getting high for 5 years. Like there's no criminal organization happening.
0: They might be running spice chat, I'm not sure.
3: They could be, I don't know. Well, we don't know
2: what spice is, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> I could be running Spice. I listened to your episode. That was hilarious, guys. <laughs> do, not,
3: do not go to Kijimi if you want Spice. The Spice runners of yeah. Kijimi, they do not sell Spice.
0: I'm, I'm running Spice right now.
2: Yeah, but the second that that shot was there, I was like, that has just became so many wallpapers. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that is not the Boba Fett story I want from what I saw of that character from this last season.
3: It's not the one I want either.
0: I wanted...
3: Pete, shut up. You're not allowed
2: to talk about this part. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm sure the the show will have flashbacks. He
0: wanted no part. Um, dead. <laughs> I I <laughs> wanted from Sarlacc pit to <laughs> fat man in the desert, or I wanted from and you might get that my de- my dad's head is in this helmet and I'm going to keep it anyway. To <laughs> we got that on Clone
3: Wars though.
0: Yeah, but not. A- Okay, but or grown up.
3: I want both. Like I, said, I want both. I want uh, Gary. I agree with you. I want. I want to. I want it to be. I want it to tell us both stories. I want mm-hmm. it to to uh, I want to show us going forward and how we got there.
1: Glad that uh, they established in this scene that McClunky is is a swear word in the Star Wars universe uh, because I got sick of hearing Dank Merrick every single time.
3: <laughs> I liked McCl- yeah. McClunky was good. Come on, McClunky was. Funny. I want to uh, say uh, Day
4: Wonga Longa again. <laughs>
3: I thought it was a nice fun treat at the end. Um and then it it was funny because, you know, we didn't expect them to drop a boba we thought they would drop a boba fett show when they're you know, giant onslaught of things. And they didn't and because they wanted to drop it then because they wanted to surprise everybody.
2: This show has been masterful at keeping things secret that they want to keep secret. Well, you'll never work again if you reveal the secret. Yeah. Just ask proud.
3: (laughs) So what I'd like to do is to wrap it up is kind of go around the horn and everybody kind of say, just, just give me an idea. What was your overall impression of the season? And, what maybe do you think we could, what, what do you think the, the finale told us that we're going to see in season three? Um, uh, start with Gary.
2: Uh, I overall loved it. Um, the, the fetch quests, like everybody got a little tiresome at times, but I think it got us where we needed to be. Uh, I think that it spent the last episode and fewer before setting up a lot of spinoffs for next season. I really don't know where we're going to go unless we do like a time jump and it's like, okay, it's time to pick up my kid from school.
1: <laughs> that's, that's fair uh nope uh i overall love the se- the series of or the season um i did said i did like the first season because it was a little bit of a smaller story um and and uh, you know i i think i preferred that but we're building on to so many great things on this one despite going back to the well on familiar characters one too many times and like you said too many fetch quests um overall when i'm looking back and reviewing every episode there's a couple that were you know, little, a little lesser, but overall, um, the ones that were strong were really strong. I think that there's at least four episodes this season that I think are better than anything from season one. Pete, how do you compare this to season one?
3: I thought it was better.
5: Uh, I loved it. I love the fetch quests. Uh, I thought the season as a whole was a, was a great way to move the story forward and set up 101 different things. I, th- I think it was great.
0: Uh, compared to the first season overall, I don't know. I think they balance out just because season one was so much set up but I feel like with the next season I mean Din Djarin's kind of kind of set with uh Bo-Katan and the other Mandalorians he's gonna have to go with them he's taken off his helmet Mm. he can't go back to the watch because he can't answer their questions and and say you know this is the way anymore So I think he's kind of thrown his uh, helmet into the ring of uh, Bo-Katan going back to Mandalore. And I am looking forward to it.
3: Right.
4: I really enjoyed this season. Um, Like we said earlier, I think you could see Filoni was kind of let off his leash a little more. I think they're going to have to be careful with that as far as bringing stuff in, introducing it, and then moving on really fast rather than really letting story take the forefront. I think next season we are going to get a whole lot of Mandalore. I think we're gonna—that's what the dive in is going to be. We're gonna see not only kind of how and what happened to Mandalore, but where it's going. And Bo and him are gonna kind of have that back and forth. Um, But I really enjoyed it. I think what's going to be interesting to see is as these three other shows kind of tank tail into it. We know Thrawn is going to come back and like we said, I mean, they're going to have to be real careful, um, that too much doesn't happen in this time before the sequels does, or it's just not going to be believable anymore that all this stuff happened that we've never heard about before.
3: I have a, I've since the first season, I've had a complex relationship with the show. I don't think it's peak TV. I don't think it stands up anywhere close to shows like breaking bad or Fargo or the, even the boys. Um, but I love the hell out of it. The 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 writing is inconsistent. The acting, like I said, is uneven. But it has enough great stuff in almost every episode. It's got stuff that I love. And, and again, even though I don't think it's great, my bar for Star Wars is real low. I just like me some Star Wars. And it, and what I do think, what I think it does well, and this season did very well, is it pays off when it needs to. You know, you, you get to those moments and you go, yeah, OK, that was worth that. That was worth it. That story was worth it because I got to this moment. And I think it does it really well. And I think we can want it to be Cal Kestis, or we can want it to be Quinlan Voss or we can want it to be Ezra, but they're trying to, There, so many people are watching this show. It's not just us. It's not just people that watch cartoons. This is a mainstream show. It was nominated for, for like multiple Emmys. Luke Skywalker, if they want, they want everyone to jump out of their seat, not just us. He's probably the right choice. I agree with Ryan and Beth. I think next season is all Mandalore and I'm going to have a hot take. We don't see Grogu next year
1: i
4: don't maybe
3: i don't think they're reunited next year
4: i think that will be our finale i think we will get some sort of i gotta go back and get him or something
0: all right well thanks everybody for joining us on our first group episode appreciate you guys for coming on uh next episode we actually will do lost stars and then god help us we're going into aftermath and Then High Republic, so all kinds of new things coming down the pipe. So, plug away, uh, Noel. Who are you, and where can we find you?
1: Hi, I'm Noel Wood. Uh, you can find uh, my writings on dorkdroppings.com, along with uh, the writings of a few other people, uh, on this in this room right now. Um, I, I It's not updated very often, but I like to tell people my website is older than Google. Uh, Also, you can find me at least once a month here on the Needless Things Network alongside uh, Dave and Christian on the Audible Interlude podcast. If you're into G.I. Joe or even if you're not into G.I. Joe and you feel like learning something about G.I. Joe, uh, we talk about uh, that stuff uh, at least once a month, sometimes multiple times a month.
3: Noel, what's your code name? Uh, It's (laughs) Crapshoot.
1: Codename: Crapshoot. Hey, I look! I had to come up with it on the on the fly. <laughs> it's not a very good one.
3: <laughs> okay, I, I'm not I'm making fun of you. I just
1: think it's cute. I think it's great. Did, did you
3: did you
0: say it was cute? <laughs> All right, Pete. What about you? Who are you, and where can we find you?
5: Well, during non-COVID times, uh, I host Trivia in downtown Atlanta, The Vortex. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at ATL. And coming this January, me and my partner Keith are hosting our own podcast called The Clown is Down. So uh, we'll be launching that is it about The Simpsons? It's about movies, music, TV, pop culture, and whatever happens
3: to be on our minds from week to week. And all manners of pop culture dorkery? Because <laughs> we've already got that covered
4: look no offense i'll listen to anything keith cooper has to
0: say i i was gonna ask if it was your life partner keith or keith cooper uh i believe my life partner's on this podcast <laughs> uh keith is just
5: one of my oldest friends
0: <laughs> and gary mitchell is a guy who does things too gary where can we find you
2: in peace Uh, You can find me as co-director of the American Sci-Fi Classics track at DragonCon. We can find our group on Facebook as group slash American Sci-Fi Classics. Uh, We are also doing, have been doing ever since... Uh, pretty much this lockdown happened we do a weekly quarantine panel uh, which is, we broadcast live on the youtube people on this show have been on it uh, everyone who hasn't is invited to be on it uh and uh, this thursday we're going to be talking about weird christmas episode specials yep every thursday 9 p.m live or watch us on our youtube channel later if you know you have a life or something i just
3: did my first full episode and it was a lot of fun um it was yes. a lot of fun uh I just realized that I've never pitched the Muppet podcast on here. And while I'm sure there's not a ton of people, I'm going to, but still, uh, I have a Muppet podcast. Actually, it's a podcast about Jim Henson called A Fiend of Lunatic Daring. You can find it at lunaticdaring.com or at lunaticdaring on Twitter. It's the only time I'm going to do it. It just occurred to me that I have another podcast and I've never once mentioned it on here.
1: And it's awesome. Oh, appreciate it.
3: Thank you.
0: Pretty sure there's a crossover.
3: There will be there will be a crossover in season 4. Nice. When Luke Skywalker and R2D2 and 3PO visit the Muppet show.
0: All right, well thank you everybody for joining us tonight and we will talk to you all very very soon.
4: It's almost after math time. <laughs> um. <laughs>